Assalamualaikum and welcome to the Mad Mumbles Podcast. My name is Sim, the guy who screwed up this two streams already. It's okay, we love um, you, bro. We love you. On today, today's tonight's. episode, tonight's episode, we have Sheikh Sufyan Al-Andalusi in town, and he is from Ohio. Right, Sufyan? Mm-hmm. Kind of. <laughs> Jersey, then Ohio. Originally from, uh, or ethnically from Portugal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mubarak on the uh, Euro Cup win a couple years ago. Oh, thanks, a couple man. years ago. <laughs> a couple years ago. And belated, you are defending Euro champs, right? Belated European Cup. You know, yeah. It doesn't count when you have Ronaldo. Oh, please. <laughs> Hater. <laughs> don't just have him. You have like a ton more people. Yeah, everyone else is. It's it's like uh, you, you, you can put Ronaldo on the Chicago Bulls and they'll win a championship. That's, that's kind of all right. Him and everybody else in that. Who, who's the second best player in, in Portugal? Uh, that's debatable. Your favorite player is Quaresma. My favorite player is Quaresma. Quaresma. Who, yeah. Whose club is he in right now? He actually plays for Besiktas in Turkey. Yeah, that's why I don't know them. Yeah. Besiktas. Yeah. <laughs> Are they Kamalists? Uh, Hater. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they've been winning a ton of championships. With oh, Galatasaray fan. That galaxy. Okay, Galatasaray. Like, what are you trying to say? All ethnically say Galatasaray. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> oh, Galat- Is that intergalactic? Uh, so, so okay. I know. I know. My entire football or AKA soccer knowledge is from FIFA. Okay. So in FIFA, they never pronounce Galatasaray's correct pronunciation. Where so are that's because yeah, I follow Portuguese soccer. No, this is Turkish Turkish soccer. Oh, I know. I thought that's the what, what no, club Quaresma is. No, Quaresma plays for Besiktas. Oh, I thought Besiktas was a. They said they can hear me. Or can't? Hey, can, can you guys hear Sheikh Amr? Amr, say two. something. So I'm like, um, one, two, three, one, two, three. So this is probably the most impromptu show that I've seen you guys. It's really <laughs> cool. We're just like. Yeah. What about you? I, they 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 can hear you too. I think. I don't know. Ahmed bin Bakr, can you hear Sheikh Amr? Is that uh, okay? Uh, man, come on, man, you make me swallow this. Yeah, thing, you got to swallow yeah, it right no, in your face. But, oh, that, yeah, is that no. better? Is that better for Sufian? Yeah, that's there you go. There you go, like that. Like that. You, you got to remember when people we're, we're listening to this podcast, yeah, we're while we're driving like 80 miles an hour on the highway with like trucks and wind, right? Yeah, so you got to be able to hear, hear up that. So yeah, I, I know you're like, I don't, I don't, I've been stuff you're like soft spoken, like unlike I don't us, like I said, it was just me, then you know, just yeah. unlike us. <laughs> Quick reminder for all you guys Help us out on patreon.com Backslash the Madbum Lukes Alright, sorry about that I know I just killed the flow But I had to Everything goes, man We need some money I just got a new camera here Every month One time it passed by like this This church and stuff That was actually the same motto It's the same propaganda Yeah I heard Jesus, and he said, give me some money. And I was like, oh, my God, this actually works. Yeah. Yeah. I should try it, man. We should. Yeah. Hey, so uh, t- yeah. tell us a little. I, I know we, uh, we met about three years ago when I was, I think, a few months into the podcast, and we threw a mutual friend in Columbus. And By we, the way, he was talking about you a lot. He was talking very highly of you before we even met you. So we actually, so those listeners don't know, we actually did a show uh with you like yeah. two years ago and that never worked no the audio was we we just had like yeah it was terrible you know pretty bad audio 
yeah. Pro- probably on your part. Yeah. But because uh, our audio was like crisp, right? I, I love you too. <laughs> you know, I'm right but, here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but so that, so we so that's why we I think we guilted you into making this six hour drive from Columbus. Yeah, that's that's probably no man. He wanted to come and chill with the brothers. <laughs> no, man, we had a boys' night out, man. So yeah, yeah, man. Allah. I'm doing love, man. It was great. I'm doing love. Had pizzas from two different locations. Yeah, had some brownies. Had some chai. So, but your background is interesting. I think that's my my our our friend thought we would click based upon some backgrounds because um although you you know you converted to islam i was born into a muslim family but when we both got into the dean we you know i think we took a very literalist approach probably would you say to islam kind of like a hard line i would say more confused approach confused yeah i mean i i'm, I'm obviously we were uh, I, I, you know i know that you were sincere to the bottom of your heart about what you were doing because obviously when you look back at some of the decisions that probably you and i made yeah back during those times if you would say um it it does pan out as some sort of idiocracy on our behalf on just taking information like kill mickey mouse yeah you know, like <laughs> what we were talking about you know so you know the, the but, but but at the same token i, I do believe that there, there was obviously no doubt that, that it was sincere you know like we actually believed that what we were doing uh was you know, proper Islam, and and that's probably what fueled the, I guess, the zeal to continue doing that and to go out and call out a bunch of people and, you know, do the kind of like uh, Jehovah Witness thing and just, you know, yeah. halal Jehovah Witness thing <laughs> and just go around and point fingers at everybody and 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 and, and that's how we were going. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of. The and your time. journey to Islam is a very interesting one, right? I mean, uh, and uh, where where did you become and how old were you when you became Muslim? So I was uh, 19 years old. Uh, I was in prison, actually. But maybe before that, why don't you talk about your like where you grew up, like your back? Because I think that gives some context uh, of who you are, right? Yeah. All right. So I was I was born in the U.S. in Livingston, New Jersey, and uh, at two years old, uh, my mother took me and my uh, my younger brother to Portugal. Um, all our families, obviously, Portuguese background, and so I was raised there uh, for the larger part of my life i came back when i was around 18 years old so i spent most of my life there um you know growing up in portugal you just i wouldn't uh, it's hard to correlate the experience with the u.s because european life standards are very different Hmm. the you know the the whole idea of surrounding your existence around your family you know your neighbors you know just the the communal exchange that happens there is very different from here uh, people, I remember one guy, uh, one Portuguese older gentleman actually told me this, and he made a lot of sense to me. He said, people in Europe, um, they work to live. People in the U.S., they live to work. And it's, it's, it's somehow it, it, it does resonate with, you know, living here and having gone through that and going through stuff here. It kind of like, it, 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 you know, it, it kind of understand um, a, a bit where, the, where those lines are drawn. But anyway, so growing up there, it kind of taught me to focus on family in a way. And mm. um, coming here, it was like a weird experience. I remember I get all, I got out of the plane and I was and just And you going, couldn't speak English at all. I actually did. Yeah. Oh, so did. I started speaking English. Funny, I learned English, I told you earlier, watching Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go to my grandmother who spoke English and I would go and say, hey, grandma, what does this mean? And what does that mean? And what does that mean? And you know, that way I was able to gather the English language, or for the most part, a, a large portion of it, 
and then in Portugal, they, you, you're forced to learn another language. At the very least, when you get out of, like, um, I guess we call it high school, excuse me, you speak either two or three languages because you actually have to learn to speak. You don't pass the class unless you can actually communicate in that language. Mm -hmm. So I, by the time I left there and I came here, I spoke three languages. So I spoke Portuguese, English, and French. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, with the classes there and stuff, that, like, I guess um, it, it, it kind of added to whatever I already had and it made it stronger or whatever. So I saw the foundation in the English language. And when I came here, I had an accent and I lost it in a way. Some people say I still do, but yeah, you got a cool accent, man. Oh, thanks. But man. now, but now you speak Arabic and uh, uh, Spanish too, right? I so do. You yeah. speak like yeah, five Spanish languages. Spanish is actually pretty similar to Portuguese. It's not that big okay. of a difference. Um, so Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and French—they're basically the same language with different alterations to mm. it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh, so anyways, I grew up in a well-off family. Um, I had the best the world can afford um, I grew up with my grandmother and my grandfather um, and they you know they, they did their best until today she's like my mother Mashallah. Uh, my mother doesn't really reach out <laughs> but my grandmother is actually like the love of my life Mashallah. she is an amazing person um, she's probably the example of what a woman sh should be like you know like she until today she gets up every morning and does her chores in the house and she's close to 80 years old wow she's an amazing person she has the drive um she taught me you know she was really hard on me about manners she was really hard on me about um you know, just the basic ethical component a person is supposed to have um anyways i ended up coming over here to the u.s spent some time with my dad um who's also an amazing person uh, our relationship's been kind of like hit and miss throughout my life, but um, he's an amazing man. He's done a tremendous job. He raised my brother, who um, got a scholarship into Rutgers University while he was still in grade school. Mm. So he hadn't even graduated from eighth grade, and he already had a scholarship, a full-fledged scholarship to go, you know, go to Rutgers University. Um, I came over here with my dad, and it was kind of like a culture shock. So coming from Portugal in a town that had like three, 4,000 people coming over here, it kind of like really messed my head up. Hmm. I wasn't ready for it, and I kind of just got dumped into Newark, New Jersey, and it was just everything coming at me. So I ended up getting involved in all kinds of things that I wouldn't have gotten involved in in Portugal, and it led me down a path. And I, all of a sudden, I thought I was a gangster. <laughs> so... I got involved with some people and uh, ended up committing some crimes and I ended up going to jail. Um, I spent about four years in there. Oh, wow. And uh, Alhamdulillah, I will never take them back. Yeah, so your well, family, the, well, I, are they Roman Catholic? Yeah. They're Roman Catholic. Were they religious growing up? So, uh, <laughs> if you ask, like, Portuguese standards, yes. Okay. So, like, they go to, you know, the church on Sunday and stuff. My grandmother had, like, the whole engraved Bible at home. But, like, Catholics are, like, it depends what kind of Catholic you're talking about. So, I mean, the people from Portugal, dude, religion is in their manners, is in their behavior, is in how they treat the fellow men, right? So, mm -hmm. to them, like, that's their Christianity, that's their Catholicism, that's the core of it anyway. Right. And, you know... Um, but I still got, like, my grandmother was the one that taught catechism. 
she sang in the choir. So she was like the mudarrisa in the madrasa. <laughs> right. Right. And I remember she used to have like the stick and stuff. If we didn't listen, she'd reach over with the stick and, and you know, get, get us to pay attention. So she was extra rough on us to be able to learn, you know, Catholic theology in the right way. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you would say that they're somewhat religious. Um, by Portuguese standards, yes, they are. Yeah. You, you said that... Uh the, f the four years in prison you wouldn't ever take back why is that well i mean it made me who i am today I, look i haven't did I, you did you experience islam in prison at all or I, no yeah that's yeah. why oh, i became muslim yeah so so do those years in prison uh, at what point were you introduced to islam was it like uh, right away like after the first year okay, okay. yeah like how so like so, interestingly enough, right, uh, obviously they did teach it because Portugal was a Muslim country at one point. It was part of a Muslim country at one point in time. And, I mean, it's like 500 years ago, so it hasn't been that long. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, there's still so much trace of history there. And even in school, they teach you about it. And they don't go, like, into it how he would, or, or, or how in the U.S. we would go into, like, the Civil War or something like that. But they do delve into it. To an extent. So that always sparked curiosity in me because I noticed that it wasn't really touched on, but it was mentioned. And I know that it was part like, I mean, like, for example, they, they would teach us in school. One of the things I remember the most was like we would never get Portugal to be irrigated the way it is today if it wasn't for the Arabs. They taught us how to irrigate our land. And but then that's it. Like there's nothing else. And there was a guy named Muhammad and he said something. And, you know, that's who, who they follow. And. They were invaders, Ali yeah. They were invaders, and that's it. You know, so and, and so seven hundred years of history is just wiped away. Seven hundred. I mean, nine hundred and fifty. Well, depending on the version. You depend of yeah. I said well, I said that in a, in a previous podcast with a historian, and he corrected me. He said no. Submit seven hundred. I'm like, all no, right. No, 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 no. So th this is where so they make the like, mistake. Yeah. See, this is uh, this so, is how no. you know you know your man Sim. He does his research, and then there's other. Experts who come on the show and they say, "No, no, no, you got it wrong." Why are you talking like, like Donald okay. Trump, dude? Yeah, well, that was pretty good accent, though. Yeah, pretty good uh, interview. I'm telling you, folks, <laughs> it was 950 years ago, <laughs> and it was Bigly, <laughs> and I'm definitely gonna get pulled over by the police today. <laughs> no, but it was it was actually 950. It was about 950 well, uh, years. Yeah, I, oh, I, I kid you not. We can go back in that record. The reason we'll, we'll, we'll find that when I said a thousand, he like three minutes later he goes. So it's actually 700 years? No, no, like, no. The reason okay. why they say that is mm -hmm. if you notice, yeah. there's a chronological timeline, right? So at the beginning, they made it all the way up until France. Yeah. And they lost the battle there, right? Now, right. The, the Muslim sources would say, oh, no, it was too cold. BS, the, are you talking about the the Battle of Tours? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So, like, they, they say, no, it was too cold for the Arabs. They weren't used in the Berbers. They weren't used to the BS, dude. They lost the battle, right? And then they retracted, right? They came back. And they held them at the, the mountain range between Portugal and, uh, between Spain and France. And it stayed that way for some time. And they flourished, right? And then they started to lose ground little by little and little by little and little by little and little by little until they lost the whole thing. So they mentioned 700 years, probably like one of the dynasties, either Al-Muahid dynasty or Al-Muahid. So and and then and that's kind of or the Mariniin or something like that, and that's where they 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 tried to keep the the order or something. Like I remember my dad held that argument with me. He's like, it was pretty ironic, right? So he's like, no nah, man, you guys were never in Portugal, and I was like, yes, we were, Dad. I didn't want to tell him like I have books at home from Ibn Abdul Bar, who was the Qadi of Lisbon, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't want to tell him that. That just sounds beautiful. beautiful. Well, Qadi of Lisbon. Qadi of Lisbon. No, he was... Qadi of Lisbon. So, but... And then I can't tell my... My dad's like, no, that's not true, man. So, ironically enough, one of his friends actually came in the, in the, in the, the coffee shop as we were talking. He's like, man, Jack, it's true, man. They just did... It actually, it's pretty hard. So, like, my dad's from the northwest portion of Portugal, right? I mean, that top part of Portugal, right? So he was saying they only made it to southern Spain, right? Where the region's now called Andalusia. Uh, and then this guy comes in. He's like, dude, they just did a renovation of a church close to our township where my dad's from. And they pulled the walls down. They found all kinds of Quranic verses written on the oh, wall. Wow. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so oh, I was wow. like, hey, you got refuted that. Those were the Salafi days. So I was like, <laughs> refutation, <laughs> Should have read a pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> Salafi pubs. So you heard a little bit. I mean, you had some bait, like, kind of, like, familiar with Islam. You know what a Muslim was, like, a little bit, like, they were in your lands. So in prison, what happens? Is there, like, active dawah going on? So, yeah and no. So, like, honestly, like, I read the Bible until the night before I became Muslim. I felt like I would be a hypocrite if I didn't do so. Explain that. Well, I mean, listen, I wasn't just a Christian by ascription. I was a Christian Catholic, right? Now, some Christians would say we're not Christian or whatever, right? But aside from all aside from yeah. all of the rhetoric, right, right? I believed that that Christianity was a religion sent from God. And I didn't want to look like a hypocrite in face in the face of God and and just like abandon it altogether. I did believe that what Islam was bringing was true. But listen, you know, information in prison is limited. Yeah. So mm. I, I believe the theology of it. It made much more sense than Christian theology to me. But at the same token, it was, you know, I was still raised this way. So I didn't want to become like a hypocrite and just be like, oh, yeah, you know what? That's just it was hard to turn your back on fake something news. Yeah. Uh, it's just like it's fake news. I'm not going to listen to it no more. No, man, it's not like that, you know. I'm still not a Muslim, so by default, I'm still a Catholic, and I'm not going to abandon that until I enter into this. Now, when yes. I enter into that, then yeah, then everything walk. I walk away from everything, and and I did, yeah. Okay, so like one of the questions I've always thought about is that you know, obviously in Christianity, the, the focus on Jesus or Isa Salam is the forefront, right? And a lot of Muslims will say, um, well, we, you know, we still, we, we obviously respect Satan as, as a prophet, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just a fine tuning there. But to be honest, and this is from my vantage point, I don't know that we stress Isa as much as a Christian would. Well, of would course you, we don't. You know what I mean? So like, was, is there a, like, do, did you ever find that pro problematic as you're in your journey? Well, not necessarily because, uh, again, and I know this is like going to be a controversial point, right? But okay, we're Muslim, dude. Yeah. Right? So our prophet, our final messenger is Muhammad Sallallahu So obviously that's the focus of the message, right? I'm not going to talk about, you know, the rules and legalities brought by a prophet that came before us. Yeah. Right? I mean, we mentioned his benefit. We mentioned his stories and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. it's not like he is the point of focus, it, albeit he is in the broader scope in, you know, in the limelight, but not as much as Prophet Muhammad because he's not the one that brought the legality of Islam to us. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, but there wasn't like a, because I think people grew up with the attachment to Jesus Christ, right? And then that's their, it's their Christ. It's not, it's Jesus, the son, part of the triune God. 
and then trying to shift that like do you think was, was there was never a struggle on your end was so there? again that that's where the theology part comes into okay. that's why i said the theology of islam made much more sense to me even from a young age mm. like i would ask the priest like i, I actually got threatened with excommunication once because of it mm. so like the local priest in town i was like hey so if adam came you know from without a father and stuff like that and why are we making jesus so special you know, I know he's a prophet and stuff. Like, I know he's the son of God. That's what I would say in that time. But so is Adam. And Adam doesn't have a mother right. or a father. So, like, what's, you know? And he's like, you can't ask those sorts of questions, son. You know, you're questioning your faith. And, and it's kind of like, it's awkward enough, but, like, some Muslim scholarship would do the same exact thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're going to get excommunicated and stuff. If you do this, you're going to damn to hell or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 they wouldn't say that. Be much worse terminology. <laughs> I don't know. What does Muptadeh actually mean? Let's so see. Person of innovation. A person of innovation? Yeah. But then that, that's kind of ironic. So, so like, it depends whose definition you take, right? So, uh, in our later times, and I'm sure you can concur to this, the concept of Al-Bidha uh, Al-Hassan al has kind of like taken hold of the Muslims. The early Malikiya were not like that, by the way. Mm. Before Qarafi, that wasn't the, 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 the default. Like everybody was against Bid'ah in general. Then after Qarafi, it kind of became kind of in the water. Or yeah, so I mean, since you're talking about Imam al-Qarafi from the Malikiya, you, uh, so you're in jail for four years. You get out of jail. Now, the thing that intrigued me about you um, a lot is that the first time I talked to you in New Jersey, we met in person. I talked to you on the phone before. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but when we met in New Jersey, uh, by the way, when I talked to you on the phone, you were speaking Arabic to me. I don't know if you remember, but I thought you were Moroccan. Yeah. No. So I, that, I didn't know until I met you that you were actually from Portugal. So, um, so he speaks Arabic exactly like a Moroccan. You wouldn't tell the difference. Um, but I noticed that you had this zeal for, um, uh, Maliki literature, like a, a, a depth and a, cer a certain type of passion. So how did you develop that? I know after you came out of jail, you were kind of on the Salafi side. And then um, how did this whole manifestation of Malikiya come into you? So it's a twofold thing, actually. So the, to begin with, right, uh, I don't think anybody from my country uh, would... Uh, I got to be real careful how I say this because I don't want nobody to misunderstand it, right? Mm -hmm. The Saudi Arabian interpretation of Salafism is probably one of the hardest interpretations to follow in my country. Mm. Okay, because not, not the theology part of it, but the fiqh application of it, because it's really supposed to be a school of aqidah, and that's where that's it's supposed yeah. to start and end. Yeah. But it's obviously carried on and developed into a different thing in and of itself. It's mutated, if you would say, right? And it, it, it carries with it now a whole lifestyle. And, you know, it just doesn't work, dude. Like, I'm not going to tell my wife to go sit in a room while I sit with my friends and I eat. If she wants to come in, and I know this, again, this is, one guy actually called me a the youth because of this. Allah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it no, you're that, laughing. That term is being so thrown around. That's why I'm laughing. Like, who? Because you, you know, with with the Americans, it's it's they're using cock everywhere, and with the Muslims, everyone's calling each other the youth. Like, <laughs> but no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no. The, so basically, uh, he called you the youth and Ibn al-Qattan al-Fasi. 
عليه رحمة الله one of the محدث فقهاء of Morocco he wrote a book أحكام النظر and he quotes Malik anyways from المدونة where he came a man from Andalus actually came to him and he asked him he said you know like if I want to eat and my wife you know with my friends and my wife is there is that okay so Malik was like إذا كان هذا عادة الناس فلا بأس به if that's the custom of the people then it's fine right now unfortunately like the Muslim culture has developed to the point where you know you, you do that man and you're like you're less than a man you know like yeah. how dare you let your wife I remember my best friend got mad at me one time because I called my ex-wife by her name I was like hey Maria you know and he was like what the hell are you doing man <laughs> haram I was like, dude, what are you, what are you, calm down, bro. Take it easy. He's like, no, nah, man, it's haram and stuff. I'm like, no, dude, it's not. It's just... You know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the civil he does. Dude, I need to do that, too. Yeah, like, no, bro, it's fine. <laughs> just take it easy, man. And, but, he, you know, like, he, the, the cultural applications that, that we have as a Muslim community, it, it, it doesn't fit in everywhere. Yeah. So, as a Salaf, like, it, it didn't work for me. So, uh, and again, the theology of it, is one thing the fiqh application of it something totally yeah. different so but what made you gravitate to the malikiyah after that and that's the, the second part of it because it didn't fit in with where i came from i understood then that i needed to take a more traditional approach mm. so i started to look at all four and i'm like all right um humbly mm, i don't know nope. i was like mm. I, and I'm not saying anything bad about them, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, will it work? Will it not You're trying work? to see which one of the four fit your personality and your location. Not your necessarily, but more so the way I come from. Because don't yeah, forget. That's what I'm saying. Your lifestyle, like, your life. Listen, I became a Muslim. And for the longest time, I was the only one I ever knew about. And I still only know, like, a few. I don't even know many. I know a few. Like, I know Zane in South Africa. I know... A gentleman that lives in New York. I know of another guy I just heard of from Jersey, too. Is it because um, you're very involved with takfir? What do you mean? You don't know that many Muslims? <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. That's probably it. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> what, no, what just happened? Yeah, it did. He, he was talking about how few Muslims he knew. Yeah, uh. Muslims from Portugal. Yeah, but it's okay. Oh, bro. I thought you were talking about you, Muslims. No, you yeah. just, you just <laughs> missed that part. He, he was like, uh, oh, you made takfir, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> After you entered the deen, you made takfir of the Ummah. <laughs> yeah, only I follow proper Islam, so whoever wants to give I only made Muslim I for a day, but everyone else was a Catholic. Yes, I was yeah. so confused. <laughs> okay, you, got, you no, guys okay. are confusing me, man. No, <laughs> Anyways. So, so, like, I, I didn't really, like, know many of them, right? But at any rate, like, I felt like it was my responsibility. It's actually one of the things uh, Sheikh Hassan Kittani told me as well, Sheikh Hamza, that you know like i should go back to my country because it's a responsibility now of course they said you know you're not just somebody that became a muslim you obviously spend some time doing what is considered minimal study so you know a bit about islam so you need to go back and tell your people about it right and i felt like it was the responsibility but how do i go about that if i'm bringing a foreign ideology to them i listen portuguese people we're very proud of our of our ancestry right we're very proud of our culture. We're not just going to bring something that's going to completely do away with, you know, what we consider our forefathers have been doing. And it's not wrong. You mean culturally? You don't yeah, mean religious? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Culturally. culturally. So yeah. I had to find something that could bridge the gap. And, it, you know, like, so at first that was the leading factor. And then the more and more I spent, you know, like learning it and stuff, the more I was like, okay, well, this makes more sense than anything else. 
to me anyway. Of course. Right? This is the Madani way. This is the way of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa He said in his famous poetry, uh, Actually, Suyuti brings this in his Al-Hawi, uh, uh, his explanation of the Muwatta, uh, where he quotes Ibn Sa'dun al-Wajini saying that, would Wajini? you abandon... Yeah, he was in the Wajini. Wajini, yeah. I thought from, uh, he was from Virginia. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all right, man. You keep trying harder <laughs> by the moment. Eventually, you'll get it, though, I'm telling you. <laughs> Virginia, you know, it sounds like one of those things you'd give you, Virginia the name. No, no, dude, you, better hope, you better hope some hardcore Malikis aren't watching this, bro. They're going <laughs> to put you on fire, bro. You better hope Sheikh Yusuf Rios doesn't hear this, dog. Oh, man. No, Sheikh is just pretty nice, man. Uh, he, he is, went, man. Yeah, yeah. Sheikh Hamza was maqbul, man. If you hear that, bro, you talk as like and let's go ahead and finish it with the translation anyway, sorry, before you sorry. wrap it up. So basically he said, would you abandon the city of Prophet, right? A city where Jibril would go between the houses and bring revelation. And then the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, died there, right? And after him, his, his, his sahaba, they took his way. They took his way. And uh, they took his way and, and you know, established as communal practice. Come here for you. Come here. That's okay. Huh? Can I go upstairs? Yeah. Oh, was he down here the whole time? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go upstairs. <laughs> so, uh, basically, anyway, it's a it's a poem, you know, showing how the Madani way is more in tune with prophetic, you know, tradition. Because the Sahaba passed away, the Tabi'een of them passed away there and then the, the, the tabi'in basically he said look the tabi'in every single one of them had like a, a school yeah. right and then maliki kind of brought that together and brought it to the people yes. at, at any rate so i felt that to me that echoed more with prophetic you know prophetic revelation of course than somebody's interpretation of it of now course. again i'm by no mean am i trying to like because I know this is going to come up. Oh, you're just, you know, disrespecting the imams. No, by no means. No, you know? not at all, man. Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Al-A'zam. Yeah. Imam but Shafi. all the imams have to respect Imam Malik because he's the Imam Adar al-Hijra. Every I mean, single one of them. Sheikh, let's they be have real, to. Let's be realistic. They have right? to. Imam Adar al-Hijra. Every field of knowledge you study, that's Islamic knowledge. Yeah. Let's take Qira'a, for example, right? Yeah. What did it, like, take, uh, what is it, uh, the book of Abu Amr al-Dani on the Qira'at, right? What qira'ah does he start with? Does he start with the Makki qira'ah? Ibn Kathir? Or does he start with Nafi'ah? Everybody does that. And and it's just a respect thing. It, it's not like him. anybody else deserves any, you know, like should get, shouldn't get respected or anything. It, it's just, based to me, it resonated with, you know, prophetic tradition no, more than That even goes else. for the Hanafis and the Shaykh. Look, Imam Shawuliullah Dahlawi, after the Quran, right? He preferred the Muatta Imam Malik to be the strongest book, and then Sahih Bukhari for number two, mm -hmm. right? But um, that I mean, everyone has to take their hats off and you know, kind of bow their heads out of respect for 
the Imam of Ahl Medina, right? Hmm. Because it's the city of Rasulullah right? So that's, you know, and I'm saying that as a Hanafi, I always tell it to the brothers, even though I, I, I studied Hanafi fiqh and stuff, but Imam Malik always has that he's, place he's in his heart for everybody. He's going to start smiling. Look, look, of course, look, he look, should. Look, All look, of look, us look. should. This is my city. Yeah, okay, brother. What, Carol Stream? <laughs> Don't say that online. <laughs> Ahl Medina. Right yeah. here. No, because he yeah. supposedly was born in Medina. Anyway, dude. So your city. So, uh, brother, how dare you wear fitted cap? They, you know, I was when I was at Omar recently. They told you uh, to take it off. No, they didn't Tell recognize me. He tried to wear it during the off. I was very upset that <laughs> I, I I went to Medina. Brother, you have to wear topi, not uh, this one. I was telling all my my, my all the people who went in my uh, what's the caravan group? Umrah group. Yeah. Umrah I was like, watch, you know how they they talk to me with respect because they know their son has returned and little. Did I know that none of they, my, my, they all forgot about they just me? They saw him and started saying Hindi, Hindi, and come pick up my bags. They really like that, by the way. Yeah, they, they weren't like that. They no, like I that. heard that there's people like that. That yeah. like, the concept of racism with oh, them yeah. is like yeah. you know, like it's funny because they're all they're all super brown themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, where do you get this racism from? Like a superiority, man. They're more brown than me. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like my relationships with the Arabs, the the two groups that stand out to me the most weren't even Saudi Arabians. Now I've met some wonderful people from there. Of course. But I've met some terrible people from there too. <laughs> yeah. The 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 two groups that stand out to me the most are probably the Moroccans and the, the Yemenis. Mashallah. As far uh, as like posit positive? No, no, no. The the the. Just the humanity and the, mm, like yeah, the, and the, I th it, did that have a lot to do with you picking the Maliki Madhab? Probably, yeah, that probably like yeah, because I was closer to them. And is it true? I heard. I mean, I think Mahin was something. You learned Arabic kind of on your own too, right? Something like that, yeah. So it was like, like with them. It was with the Moroccans, with the but Moroccans. it was the same way I learned English, kind of. Mm. Obviously, without Cartoon Network, but <laughs> 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 but yeah. So time frame wise, you're you like what time? When did you enter jail? Like 18, 19 years old. I was. I had just turned 18. So then you get out when you're 22. Uh, yeah. You get out as Muslim. When And then time frame, you learn Arabic pretty soon after? So I started learning how to read the Quran in there. Uh, Sheikh Ahmed Salim was uh, my first teacher. God protect the Sheikh man. In prison? Him. Yeah, he used to come in from the outside. He would take really? from, his, from his time. Uh -huh. And he was busy as it is. He founded the first high school, Islamic high school in New Jersey. Okay. So he was always busy, and he used to take from his time, and he used to come in, um, and you know, like he he started teaching me how to read the Quran, and the Ahruf, okay. and Makharij al Huruf, and stuff like that. And he was Egyptian, so everybody knows. Even all the Arabs would, you know, take their hat off to the Egyptians for the amazing work they do when it comes to Quran. Sure. Um, then uh, I learned with. Uh, Sheikh Ismail, who was the Imam of the the center Islamic Center in downtown Newark, uh, Newark, New Jersey, uh, Rahimahullah, he passed away. He you know he he took a lot of time with me, and I would say that my first actual Arabic formal Arabic class was with him. We started taking the uh, the explanation of Ibn Aqil on. Uh, I, I don't think it was the Alfiya. He has another work, another another work that's smaller, and we started taking that work, the Tuhfat Siniya. That was the, that was the name of the work. 
So we started doing that with the Sheikh, and then we took. Uh, Abi bin Ajroom, the. Uh, I believe it was the Sunnah Sharh al Ajroomiyah. And that was the first formal class on Arabic that I took. But like, I speak Arabic, but I suck at like grammar and stuff. I'm gonna be honest. Like I, like I can speak Arabic. Yeah, like I can understand a conversation without an issue. But, like grammar, I suck. Yeah, I mean that's, a, that's a, a, people with a lot of languages too, right? They learn the language. Like a lot of guys who are really good in English too. They may not know the exact rulings of English grammar, and you know, yeah. and, and th I think that's. Um, Sometimes that can be a good thing, man, because uh, when I, uh, the funny thing was, I was decent at speaking Arabic, and then when I studied Ajrumiya, I was so cautious, overcautiously, what I, overcautious of what I was saying, yeah. that I would start, like, stuttering and, like, thinking <laughs> too much before I was speaking, and I was like, man, I think I started learning grammar So there's early. actually two methods, by the way. Yeah. There's the method, and I'm sure you're aware of this, right? There's the method of learning surf first. Yeah. And then I love that the method of learning Nahu. I actually prefer the second yeah. because it enables the person to be able to start learning and communicating yeah. versus learning rules that they'll never apply. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, me, I pr prefer the second. I like the Sarf, yeah, yeah. I, I actually like the other one. The Nahu first, yeah, the because it enables the person to start like actually communicating with other people. Mm -hmm. Whereas the first option, you're learning the rules, but you know it's. Like you're learning rules, you're not actually learning vocabulary, you're not practicing that vocabulary, and then eventually it just goes away unless the person is serious. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, can you tell people how old you are? I'm 32. Okay, so for context, but I, I want people to understand this because, you know, you get out of prison when you're 22, right? Like, you haven't been out that long. But like, mean, like ten years. But yeah. like, but you think about like what, like you guys are talking at some like high level scholarly stuff, right? I mean, no man, this is simple. Well, these stuff, are man. these are the elementary books, Yeah, what? man. Look, the sheikh here Come is on. telling you they're <laughs> elementary, man. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Who do you study? Who's your teacher? I want to talk to him. Oh man. <laughs> he was uh, uh, that sheikh on Nabahani. Nabahani. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Takiyuddin. He's long gone. Yeah, yeah, are, yeah. are you going to his grave or something? Yeah, he gives me the dream. The, the, the ghost comes. Anyways, guys, oh, let's okay. not strike you. Let's not strike you. I can't go that way. No, what, no, what he's trying to say, no, I think what he's trying to say, there's a lot of accomplishment that was done. Yeah. Learn the Arabic language. Um, learn Maddy pretty decently to the level where you can teach it, obviously, at a, at a, now at a high level. Um, you know, the reason why I, I think um, people should get the. the the gist of um, is that when you make uh, Islam your passion, it, it it becomes a lot easier. Allah gives you barakah in your time. Every time I spoke to you, even though I think, how many times did we meet when we came to New Jersey for the Zafina Society I think podcast? Twice. You, you, two times or three times? Just twice, yeah. Two you separate really times? Two times, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think half of the time when you and me were talking, you were talking about all these, like I learned so many titles of Maliki books and like historian. I remember you were waiting for a shipment of books to come in. Yes, so excited. it came, by the well, way. I well, got what it were you now. waiting for again? It was, uh, it was a book by Ibn Bashkwal. Bashkwal. Uh, and I haven't heard, I heard that name maybe once and I was like, Yeah, wow. no, he was a muharrikh. Mm. Not only was he a muharrikh, but he was also a muhaddith. Ibn Dhabi uh, mentions him in Tathkirat al-Hufad as well as in the Siyah. Mm. So it's like the man was amazing. But there's just, I, I mean, one of the one of the reasons why I actually undertook, so I undertook a task, right? I, I felt like it was my obligation. And this to, is going to be my next question. What, well, how did you come to this level of having this thirst for knowledge and constantly reading? What was, what, how, why did you feel obliged? Well, I got divorced because of it. Let me just put it out there. <laughs> I'm serious. No, the, one of the, 
one of the one of the complaints my ex-wife had about me uh, and 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 I think that this probably is a good reminder for us right is that I would go out with them with her and my children and I would take books with me and instead of talking to them I would read subhanallah and obviously it was wrong right I you know fairness is fairness she was right you know I spent uh, more time with books than I spent with them and I spent more time helping other people than I did them hmm. so that obviously you know alhamdulillah like I learned from that mistake I don't think I want to read. So when you guys go to the park, you would take books with I you? I would take books. So <laughs> I'd like take like three books. I would be so busy studying a mas'ala that I would just take like Bidayat al-Mujtahid, right? And I would start there. And then I would take, uh, you know, Ibn Abdul Bar's explanation of the Muwatta. And then because it's all connected, right? And then I would take, you know, something else so I can get the other side of the story. Mm. And, 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 and I would just want to get like the full picture because... You know, part of me leaving, uh, is everything okay? Yeah. Right. Part of me leaving Salafism was due to the bigoted approach that I felt they had, mm. right? Um, I can't stand the idea of somebody telling someone that this is the only way. When I know for a fact there's more than one way, mm. okay? Um, you have to grow your beard. No, you don't. At one point, I argued that. I, I did. But I mean, for God's sake, you have amazing personalities from the recent past. Uh, one of the Ghumaris, right? He mentioned that it's an obligation for you to cut your beard. And he uses the same hadith everybody else uses. And it's not like it's reason associated with this. It's not like it's divine revelation. This this is ishtihad, dude. It's not like half of these arguments that people have are, are you know, like the ultimate revelation from God. Hmm. I mean, you know this, Sheikh, that every time any of them from today's time into the past would finish a fatwa, what would they say? Allahu A'lam. Yeah. What does that mean, though? What's the implication behind that statement? That means that I've done the best with what I had of my knowledge. And Allah knows best if this is the truth. <laughs> it's not like you're going to sit back and force that opinion onto other people. But the bigotry that we have in our time, it doesn't allow that. Hmm. And I hated that. So I, I, you know, I, I made that my life's work. And I sacrificed some things along the way. Hmm. Unfortunately. Now, um... Obviously, like I said, I learned from my lesson. I understand now uh, through experience that there are times for this and times for that. Yeah, and I guess you're. Young. I think if you couple two things, the uh, the young younger age, and when you get the the issue, and I love this too, but the the issue with attaching yourself to fiqh and masail fiqh, when you fall in love with masail fiqhiyah, it's uh it's very it's a very addictive thing, and you. You know how people zone out, how we zone out, like when we're on our cell phones and stuff, you forget about the world? That happens yeah. more so with Masail Fiqhiyah, if you love Masail Fiqhiyah. You know who I love? Um, by the way, you know who got me into that? Hmm. It was actually a Salafi teacher of mine. God bless the Sheikh. Sheikh Abu Layla uh, from Newark, New Jersey. He's from East Orange. He he was teaching Bidat al Well, he was teaching, what was it? Bulugh uh, al-Maran. Mm. Oh. Hajar. 
oh yeah. <laughs> you, figured him out. you figured him out, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, come on, blue Yeah, of course. First everybody year. knows that, man. It's, it's, a, 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 it's a first year kindergarten. Book. Yeah, kindergarten, man. <laughs> well, <clears throat> my my chef just taught us the intro first year. But yeah, you know, the, man, your advanced level just leaves everybody else. <laughs> can I can I kiss your feet, chef? Right away. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said, can I kiss your head? Kiss your feet. Anyways, go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I have a ring here as well. Yeah, sure. No, no, no. That's that's a Seljuki thing, man. Seljuki thing. No, no, no. I'm not into that Turkish stuff, man. <laughs> that's a yeah. Seljuki thing. I've yeah. never heard that phrase. <laughs> but anyway. Anyways, yeah. So he, he was teaching you guys. So he was teaching, out. and I noticed that he continuously quoted Ivan Roshid. And I said, you know what? I have to get that book. Mm. And I got it. And I was just mesmerized by it. You know... Part, part, partially, partially because Ibn Rushd wasn't a bigot, so he was a Maliki, right? But he starts off by mentioning the issue for what the issue is. Yeah. In that book specifically, he doesn't, and, and he does this. This is actually pretty much the undertone for all of his writing. If you read his works on philosophy, it's the same thing. When he refuted Al Ghazali, for example. He refuted Al Ghazali in the same exact way. He tackled the issue one by one. So you'll catch him saying like. Por favor, no, no. English. <laughs> Sheikh, we're going to ask you soon about that. About what? Your thoughts regarding it. Oh, what, feminism? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you translate? He does not want to talk about that. Why don't you just translate real quick so, what you just said? At any rate, basically, Ibn Rushd, in his approach, he takes a more philosophical approach okay. to knowledge. Yeah, kind right? of deductionist. He, yes. It's a, it's, so you have the approach of the people of Hadith, and then you have the approach of the people of Fiqh, and they're completely separate. Yeah. Right? So one of them is more interested in the detail of the issue itself while the other is interested in how the, the issue itself was built like the spirit behind it maybe uh, you're getting more Ghazalian on me and there are obviously you know differences okay. between them but yeah and, and like on a linguistics level well, what are you saying at, at all levels actually so uh, let me put it to you like this the western method of teaching is a more fiqhi method of teaching. The Eastern method of teaching is a more hadithi method of teaching. What what, what do you mean by hadithi? So, like, yeah. uh, how can I put it to you? Like, I, I'll put it to you like this in an example, right? The Easterners would tell you how to build a house, right? Yeah. They'll tell you, add brick one to brick two, <clears throat> add some mortar in between, put another one on top, and just continue until you reach the top. The Westerners would tell you, break the house apart, but pay attention to everything you're taking apart. Because you're going to need to know that when you put it back together. Oh, okay. So mm. deconstructionism. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you don't just understand the issue at face value. You understand the issue in totality. So take, for example, you take a tafsir, right? Like Abi Hayyad, right? Or Ibn Atiyah, two Andalusian scholars, right? Mm. You take their tafsir and it's filled with poetry, right? Yeah. What is the poetry there for? It's there to explain the words. Mm. But because Arabic, Arabic is such a vivid language, poetry actually helps you understand the word in a vivid sense. Yeah. 
So you actually see what they're talking about the alongside with, the hadith and everything else. Yeah. And Imam Qurtubi, you know, he's the same way. You see that yeah. it, with all the Andalusian schemes, Imam Qurtubi, every other page has so much poetry on it just yeah. to explain something linguistically, right? That's, uh, but I think Sim wants to take this somewhere. Go ahead, Sim. No. Feminism? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was totally joking. Yeah. Go Because we so were no, on track. I feel like I'm going to get blasted for that, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. But the good part is nobody knows me. So. <laughs> <laughs> or nobody did. <laughs> oh, now you're a celebrity. Now, now no, you, you'll you get no. some invites or honorariums. No, no, no. I'm all right, bro. So you sure? I'm going to go back to my But you seem life. like one of those guys, mashallah. You seem like one of those guys who just likes to sit down if you ever were given an opportunity to speak in front of people or teach some knowledge you just want to teach knowledge man and that's what i kind of respect what's the you. point yeah yeah i know like, do we do that like what are we like a talk show or something we just <laughs> get in front of people you're on a talk show well no it's, this is different we're having <laughs> no, no, a conversation yeah, yeah, we're man. chilling i know, I know. but like you know, like people do, I, I'm sorry, but I don't understand it, right? I, I don't grasp the idea of fame, right? Yeah, I've, I think that today's scholars, many of many scholars here are activists slash scholars, right? They're, 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 ma- they're, they're very much into activism, which is fine. But I think with yourself, you're just, your love for knowledge is something else. And you just want to have that heart to heart, sadr on sadr, you know, type of knowledge experience and you don't want to get in front of people and just give a talk. It just doesn't seem like your style. Uh, what's the point, though? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I remember, uh, actually, so Sim mentioned this earlier. We talked about the camera, right? <laughs> He's <was> like, <laughs> huh? So uh, I, I actually got this point with a pastor once. Um, I was having a conversation with him. And he was telling me how, and he didn't know what I was, by the way. Like I told you, I like to keep it that way hmm. because I like people to know me for who I am, mm-hmm. not for a title that's ascribed to me. Mm-hmm. So I want people to engage me. I don't want people to like, hey, that's the Muslim guy, right? I, I just, you know, like, oh, that's dude over there, right? Yeah. Let's just have a conversation, right? So I was having this conversation with him. He had no idea what religion I belonged to. He assumed that I was Catholic because I was Portuguese, but that was it, right? So I asked him a question because this is a gentleman that gets flown around in a private jet and delivers talks, right? He's a Baptist Christian, a pastor. And I asked him, I was like, how do you merge? Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen somebody laugh like that. He exploded into, you imploded. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can't use those kind of words here, man. Yeah, Yeah, that's, yeah, no, no. My bad. Don't do it. (laughs) All I do is cough. Yeah, it's all right. So, basically, I asked him, how do you merge the idea of sincerity with you spending that amount of money just to go talk to somebody? Mm. And he actually told me that he'd never gotten asked that question, right? And he was was surprised. And I told him, I was like, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm Muslim, right? And this is probably one of the biggest reasons why I've stayed away from getting on like what you would call like a dawah scene or something mm-hmm. the conference circuit yeah like i don't want to get involved in that mm-hmm. because i don't understand the reason why people would do that i mean yeah. i think their reasoning is we just this is our opportunity to gather muslims and we could teach them about their deen right you can't do that like in a local masjid or something no i think but the conference is going to happen right? let's say they get twenty thousand people there and it's their opportunity to give that message to 10,000 yeah, yeah. people. Most I get of, it. I get what you're saying. Oh, yeah. No, I get but you. But <laughs> most of the time, that message is tainted because the organization that's funding that thing wants you to speak about a specific topic. Mm. You're not really teaching people. You're just being a parrot for some. And God forgive me. I'm not knocking anybody's, you know, like efforts or anything. I just don't see the point in it. Mm. Uh, 
It's not like there hasn't been any opportunity for it, by the way. I mean, you've asked me to come here for how long now? Like, what, a year and a half? Longer than that. <laughs> uh, but the point being, what's the point? Mm, right. I gave you the reasons earlier, right? Yeah. Or some reasons, right? I, I, I just feel like, what's the point in fame? Mm. Like, what do you get out of it at the end? Mm. A lot of women. I don't know. That's great. I only want one, man. <laughs> yeah, Sam. Yeah, we've had that conversation. Too. But then, well, like, moving forward, I mean, you're, the, the influence that um, people have had on you, um, I mean, you're only 32 years old, much compared to, compared to us, you're kind of a baby, because uh, we're not going to tell you how old we are. Cut it out, man. My back hurts already, <laughs> man. <laughs> but uh, then there's this interesting phenomenon. Look, Sim calls me one day, and he's like, bro, I figured it out. What? After talking to you and knowing you, he's like, bro, I want to be Katani. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's that? <laughs> he's like, bro, it's a tariqa, bro. <coughs> I was like, okay, Sam, you have your tariqa? He's like, yeah, bro. They're athari, but they're a tariqa, bro, and I need some spiritual upliftment. That's and, right. Yeah, and I was like. I was dead I was, serious, too. You no, know, I know you were, but I, I was laughing. I don't, know, I don't if know, if I don't know if you're trolling right now. Or no, 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 100%. He actually was serious. I was like, serious as serious. Sim, he, he told me the same because thing. Because I was scared about the Athari uh, Akhida, but now as I've gotten more familiar with the Athari Akhida, as uh, you know, we've talked to some of the more um, Sufi-inclined scholars. He's talking about Ashari. You, you were worried about Ashari Akhida. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Ashari Akhida. Yeah. I was scared about them. But then as I learned a little bit more about them, I'm no longer scared of them and I no longer <laughs> want to join the Ketani Tariqa. But back then when I was scared of them, I was... Uh, you should be very scared of them. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> My sheikh will probably beat me if I said <laughs> So I, and any of the listeners who don't know about the Ashari and the Athari Aqidah, there's just two branches of uh, the oh, interpretation oh, of, of the faith. And, oh, you're done. You didn't uh, lost half of your listeners, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, the there's, big, there's, the there's, bigots there's... on one end will be like, no, what is he saying? The bigots on the other will say the same thing. So you're, you're <laughs> I don't know. Is there is there a quick way to yes. ELI 5 it? You know, well, why, explain no, like why, I'm 5. Why, why don't you break it down real quick before actually, we like I'll, misrepresent everything? No, yeah. actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say what Sidi Tahir ibn Ashir Ibn Ashur, excuse me, what he mentioned in his Rasaid, right? So he said that the first Aqidah was the Aqidah of the Athari. Yeah. Okay? But as time progressed, with the advent of new ideas and new philosophies being introduced into the Muslims, there was a need for, quote-unquote, a more intellectual version of our creed. So people started trying to develop answers to it and... Hence came the Maturidi school and the Ash'ari school and yeah. others, by yeah. the way. It's not like they're the only ones. Imam uh, Sabuni, he mentions that Al-Sunnah uh, are three. Al-Athariya, Al-Ash'ari, or Maturidi. Hamza Aliya Sabuni, who Syrian, who was teaching in Saudi. That's the Sabuni? Or th- yeah, yeah. A lot of these interpretations essentially came as a result of the Muslim the engagement. The, yeah, they they were born out of the necessity of having to engage with a lot of the philosophers of the West. Now, I want to make one thing very clear, right? Mm. There's respect for yeah. them, right? Mm. But there obviously has to be right and wrong. Yeah. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that that enables me to go out and point the finger at the next man and say no, they're wrong, but. There has to be Al Qadi Abu Bakr al Arabi. He mentions that the in his book on Usul al Fiqh, 
he said that uh, the ahkam of fiqh are, are seven. Most people, like, uh, what was his name, Sheikh? Uh, the Shafi'i Sheikh, who wrote down... Uh, Sheikh Iyad? No, but there's a good try. No? Sheikh Iyad. Uh, I don't know. He's, I think he just shoots out names sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's the author? Who's the author? Oh, I, was, I, was, I think he's talking about Eugene. <laughs> who is the author of the Waraqat, Sheikh? Who is the author of the Waraqat? Uh, uh, Imam Joini? Imam Al Joini. Yeah, yeah. So Al Joini mentions five. And everybody kind of like follows that. I and should have known it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's basic stuff too. So at any rate, he basically mentions that there's seven. Yeah. There's al-wajib, uh, al-mandub, or in other terminology, al-mustahab, uh, or like the more preferred action. Mm-hmm. You have al-mubah. Mm-hmm. Al-wajib. Al-wajib is the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then you have al-mandub. Yeah, f- well, depends who you follow. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you have the obligatory. Watch out for these Hanafis. Yeah, yeah, watch out for those Hanafis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I'm joking. No, <laughs> he, he claimed that he was Hanafi right when we were leading, too. So I we were switch leading, around. Yeah. Look, Depending look, on my look, practice, look, look, whatever I'm doing, look, I change claim. Me and Maheen are trying our nicest to be hospitable to his brother. Sim is obviously being hospitable. This is all in joking. So Sim, he tells me to li- I was like, Sim, you want to lead? He goes, he goes, no, let's have our guest lead. And I don't want to say anything because he's Maliki. He told us it was Makru from Musafir to lead, right? And then Sim goes, no, come on, Akhi, don't worry, man. When Imam Hanifa used to pray, when Imam Shafi used to pray, first I was thinking, I was like, wait, dude, Is he Imam Shafi never saw Imam Hanifa. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I got his point, though. So I was like, yeah. I forget it. And then he's like, Otherwise, forget it. He just goes pray. forward. He's like, I'm just going to lead, bro. Yeah, we're going to take we're, forever. Yeah, and he made him feel all like, I was like, Sim, you're going to make him feel uncomfortable. He's like, no, bro, I'm just saying that Imams used to pray behind each yeah, other with their own. And then he went forward. But then Sim goes, he got the job, he goes, he goes when Imam Hanifa used to pray behind you, Imam Shafi. Imam Shafi never saw Imam Hanifa. I know that. He's about to cry, man. I was. I know. I knew oh, you were doing joking, but in your joking, he had to go forward and lead. And, you know. I just thought, like, I, I wonder if anyone will catch this. Like, they both those people didn't. By guess. the way, if you guys were in for a very serious podcast, it's not going to be a very serious. Yeah, podcast. no, man. I don't we're know. shooting the breeze with the brothers, so we're going to make everything in fun. But this is another way of learning too. Inshallah, we'll get to everything. Inshallah, but it's going to take a long time. Just to go through the five the basic way, things, it's going to go take about an hour. No, by but, the way, like, I never really like. Actually, one of the one of the teaching principles of the Katani Tariqah. So. Sidi Muhammad ibn Abdul Kabir Kittani, the founder, and God have mercy on his soul. He said that um, the teaching path for the Kittanis, for example, Hikam ibn Atta'illah, he brings that example, is that the teacher sits in the middle and everybody else sits around them, right? And you should just read and ask everybody's opinion on it. So that it's kind of an organic way of teaching. It isn't like that dude sitting in the front and just shouting out directions at everybody. This is the way it is and that's not the right way. Yeah. It's an engaging way of teaching yeah. where it brings everybody in. I don't really believe like that. I, I, that's not my thing, man. You believe about which like one? That, that, you know, the, the sitting in front of everybody mm-hmm. just shouting directions. I don't, yeah, that doesn't really work anymore. People's attention focus is like... The you want to make it a conversation it, organic. It's supposed yeah. to be like yeah. that. How else are people going to learn in our time? And the that was the philosophy of Abu like, Hanifa, right? Like when he gets together his, his squadron, yeah, no, of, of about 80, he formed a council of like 80 people, 
right? Were there any women in that council? No. I just oh, no panels. No to feminism. <laughs> I'm just wondering. No, so, so no. <laughs> and women didn't actually make an issue about it, saying how come there's no women over there, right, on, on that panel. Anyway, so there was, it was about 80-some some of his, uh, his very trusted uh, uh, students. So he formed a council of about 80 people, 83, I think. And the most notable amongst them was, you know, uh, you know Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Shaybani, Qadi Abu Yusuf, Zufar, and obviously Imam Abu Hanifa. And he just used to throw masail at them and watch them argue. And then at the end, he would tell them how to think about it, right? And I think um, that type of learning, the whole, the, 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 the scholar, the, the ustad is there to give them the idea and tell them how to think and then give them the masala and have them discuss it. And he starts realizing who his students are. And then he starts giving them direction. By the way, yeah. I'll just throw this out there. That's definitely not the Maliki way. No, I didn't say it's the Maliki yeah, way. You know that that's no, but you were talking about somebody sitting in the middle and have an organic discussion. Yeah, just a that's discussion. That's what I was referring yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I feel like that's more... In oh, our I know. Time, I, anyway, I think that's right. You have a completely different yeah, method of teaching. Completely yeah. different yeah, method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, in our time, I believe that engaging the people... I mean, dude, you guys go to the mosques, right? Yeah. There's all different... Oh, you don't? No, no. Yeah, I just, I was wondering. No, <laughs> I was uh, fixing my neck. Yeah, I know. He's like, <laughs> like twitching. I was like, why is he twitching? Yeah, no, you know why he was twitching. He's like, no, oh, he hasn't been there in like five years. <laughs> it bleeds inside me. He's like, no, you didn't. I was going to be like, don't say it. No, no. Shaitan. So, oh, yeah, like, shaitan. Bleeds is the head honcho. He's the one that's locked up in Ramadan. He's oh. the head honcho? Yeah. Anyways, go ahead, man. Sorry. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was recently at a masjid. Somebody's actually mosque. pretty active in the masjid around here. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. good. I gave a talk to a whole bunch of uh, Christians who came. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Last well, I can't, I can't. I'm not authorized. I don't have the ijazah to give a talk to Muslims. They let me talk to the kuffar. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It's a good <laughs> start, <laughs> man. It's a good start. Because, <laughs> because you know, I, you know, it, it's okay if you mess up. I would pat okay. you in the back, but He's you're like, like kind of. Can you mess up? You think it's serious? I don't have ijazah to teach Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to know is who gives each other to teach kufar? Yeah, yeah, it's like soccer Nike. No, you don't need each other to talk to kufar. Yeah, They're like true. anyone can. They'll they'll they give you a yellow T-shirt. It's life or just a game, and they say go. <laughs> that, that's that's how it works. That's that's it. That's I'm it. just saying. Speaking of that, that's what um, I saw at least on YouTube. Well, okay, so you uh, we alluded to like offline, like obviously um, you're the only Muslim in your family. Yeah. Uh, like you, yep. You know. So talk about uh, you know the friction that you know because I'm sure you're not you don't you're not the only person. What, what kind of guidance can you give? And, and you were saying it's probably the most difficult thing in your right. life, right? Or converting to is, people who convert to Islam, they you know that challenge of their non-family. But you personally, you we, said it, it was probably the most difficult thing that ever happened to you, right? Yeah, it was very difficult. Um, Portuguese people are very proud of their you know their ancestry, and part of that's their religion becomes part of the culture, right? And um, I mean, I won't mention them online because I love my family and I don't want to mm. say anything, but I went through some, I mean, I mentioned them to you guys and that stuff was really like, it was draining, right? I mean, I come from a background of people that family means everything. Yeah. And one of the things that we would hear constantly as we're growing, you know, growing up, blood runs thicker than water. Mm. You know, you put your family before you put everything, your cousins, your brothers, your uncles, your aunts, your father, your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, they come before anything. You give your life for them if you have to. And all of a sudden, everybody turns their back on me. And I, you know, coming from that, I felt lost, dude. I didn't know where to go. Yeah. So I get my first, 
you know, obviously my first uh, my first means was listen to what the people were saying. Uh, that you know, the kuffar don't wanna they don't want you to they don't want to see you happy in Islam, brother. They want you to leave Islam, right? And I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense, man. My family's turned their back on me. Hmm. So I was, you know, I started to go more with them, and then they turned their back on me because I'm not conforming to whatever they're saying. You know? So I'm like, we, you know, we get lo- we, like, you know, converts, man, lost like in the crossfire, man. You know, like there's there's no family support on the one end, and then there's no religious support on the other. Yeah. It's all cool, like the first week, right? You ever seen it? Oh, mashallah, brother, you're Muslim. Salam alaikum. Hey, hey, takbir, Allah Akbar. And I say, hey, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. And you just keep going. Ramadan comes. We don't know what Ramadan is, dude. You think we ever experienced that stuff you guys experience in your country? We've never been through that, dude. The closest thing I have is probably like, you know, Turkey Day, man. Thanksgiving or something, man. Christmas Day. Hmm. Easter Day. Yeah. And we know that. But we don't have nothing. We don't have that experience. It's it's, exper- exper- it's experimental knowledge. We don't have it. Hmm. And we, we're, you know, the, call us over to your house, yeah, all you want. But it's not our people. It's not our way. You know, we just yeah. we're enjoying somebody else's stuff, dude. And, and it's completely foreign to us. I always encourage converts to marry our, our girls from back home. That way, they're part of the family. Man, that's not gonna work, dude. Why not? What are you gonna tell their mom? Tell them that, hey, uh, make I mean, me some biryani. By the way, listen, I'm not... I'm just saying. I'm not going to speak against it, but I'm not going to speak for it either. Hmm. I like you. You're a politician. No, really. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, how, how, what, Sim, I mean, I can understand, but why indeed, why, do we, why wouldn't you like that idea of... What's the point, Sheikh? Mm. Like, that woman is going to have to deal with my grandmother. Oh no, no, no! You you don't bring your grandmother on her. <laughs> that that's your thing. To no, us, I mean, to, to us, we have to. Oh yeah, I mean, once in a while. No, not once in a while. My grandmother is the most important woman in my life. Whoa. That's true. Along with my. Do you remember he was saying his grandmother was the most? Important. He forgot. Yeah. yeah no. Sims usually has that thing. Right? I have ADD. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> no, but like he has it, that thing. It's, it's a parent. <laughs> that thing. Uh, Sophia, yeah, the illness. thing is, like, I was uh, talking to a, a friend. There's a friend of mine, um, who's actually from Jersey. Mm-hmm. Whose wife is Puerto Rican, like she's mm-hmm. a convert, and he was like he's and he's, and he's Arab, and he was like telling me he's like man the thing my wife always telling me is like man she misses Christmas like at that experience of growing up celebrating Christmas yeah. and stuff, and I was like how do you and, and, and my friend is kind of like Salafi too so he's like everything's like bida right, and I'm like I don't know t- go to Molid or something maybe <laughs> getting something I, you know what I mean I don't know what to tell you, but like if, all you guys do for Eid and the way they do their Eid is really lame. Like the that's the Arab the family, right? It's like super. No, that's the thing, dude. Like, there's no like. So again, like human experience, right? Dictates that when you take something, I'm gonna take this pen from you. I have to give you something in return. That that's just human. You know, this is just a human way of doing something, right? If I tell you, uh, if I tell my son, right, Mahir, I don't want you to play this game on Xbox. What do I have to do? I have to replace it with something else. Yeah. You can't just take something from him and expect him to just, you know, live out life. That's not how it works, right? So you have to replace it so that he's able to enjoy something else alongside with the thing he's done before, right? At any rate, you're taking everything from us, dude. And we live with some stuff. I remember first time they were like, you can't drink anymore. I was like, you're out of your damn mind. (laughs) Why? Because back home, we drink 
but we don't drink to get drunk. We drink socially, right? So, you know, I go to my cousin's house and he pulls out a, a you know, a glass of wine or a, or a bottle of beer. And, you know, that's just the way we do things. You know, you sit down, you drink your coffee and then you, you, you drink a beer as you're talking and you laugh and you joke and that's it. Right. right? Like, you can't drink anymore. I was like, Yo, what the hell am I going to do? man? <laughs> like, How am I going to do this? Okay, well, I guess, man, if it's for God, it's for God, right? You got to get let go of it. Mm. Yeah, th these are the stories people don't hear because you hear the plastic stuff, right? You know, the stuff you put in front of people. Sheikh Suhaib Webb is the imam and whatever, and he's like the great sheikh. Or, you know, Imam Fulan is like that. You know, mashallah, brother converted and nice. What about all of the stuff that they went through to get there? And I imagine there's a lot of people who can't, who just, it's just too much and they have to leave the dean because. That happens, dude. Right? Why? Because there's no support there, dude. Yeah. One of the things Sheikh Yusuf consistently hits on is that. Mm. The Yusuf fact who? that Yusuf Rio, oh. the fact that you know the the convert community doesn't have any support, dude. Mm. We don't. I mean, what, you know, what are we gonna do? Where are we gonna turn? Like right now, right? Like, okay, granted, like you, you want me, you me turn to Islam in Spanish with the great work they're doing, right? Dude, I'm not Spanish. Dude. Do I? I speak Spanish, but I'm not Spanish, dude. I'm Portuguese, man. We need Islam in Portuguese, man. We. <laughs> Seriously speaking, like, who am I going to turn to? Hmm. I tell people all the time, dude, realistically speaking, I, this is another controversial statement. You can throw it in the book, dude. <laughs> if it was for the treatment, if I embraced Islam for the treatment Muslims gave me, dude, I would have left Islam a long time ago. I remember you said that in New Jersey, yeah. I remember you were mentioning that. I, it's, it's, dude, it's, it's not good. You know, we talk a good game. Right. We sit yeah. on our high horse and we look at the rest of the world <laughs> but forget the second part. Lakin, how are you going to do that if you don't have a community? Yeah. There was a, I, I remember, like, was it two years ago, I want to say? We, I took a, a, a theology course at um, Masjid. And one of the, you know, it, it was the very, uh, I, I think it's like uh, the Nesafia. It was like, what do you, yeah. But it wasn't yeah, Shaman Right. Yeah. And he was uh, the, sh the Sheikh who's an Azhari. He was talking about like breaking down how do you get from like nothing to like Islam, like step by step, like assuming you're talking to an atheist. What are the maxims you agree on, et cetera, mm. et cetera. So I remember when he was talking about like the other, like I, no, the, the other books of the Ahlul Kitab, like Jew Jews and the Christians, right? So I remember a friend was of mine and he, he was Daisy. He was like, man. I'm, I'm gonna go spit some game with some Christians, and there's like no doubt that well, it doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't accept Islam, he, right? He, he would have lost me at I'm gonna spit some game. I'm you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, but, but I think it's like, um, and I'm like, yeah, there's more. I I, I think sometimes we, those of us, because there is a privilege I think that we have, born Muslims, right? Oh, you guys don't know what you have. Like, like I, I have no like the idea of like having family that like the most drama we had to deal was when my dad found like. Those Troy tapes in my car. It's like authentic Salafi publications, <laughs> and he was like, and, and, and the Troy, the, the tapes actually had the Saudi glitra, like the pattern <laughs> on the uh, tape cover, right? That's and he was cute. like, "Are you becoming like Saudi or Salafi?" You know? And I was like, "Yep." And then, but but that was the. It's not a doubt, like you know, and it's not to the level of of what you're going through, right? Or other converts are going. There's not, I, mean, I, I don't think we can imagine it. I think we take it for what's, granted, right? What's what's that ayah in Surah Al-A'raf, uh, Surah Al-An'am, where Allah talks about like the, the end of times? 
it's, it's right in the middle. I forget right now. But, you know, I remember one time I was uh, sitting down. I was reading the, the ayah, dude. And I just thought about my, my grandmother, man. Yeah. You know, your parents, man, if they die believing in Allah and Rasulullah, they're going to go to heaven, dude. Yeah. We don't have that, man. It's easy, man, to sit on our high horse, man, and not look down on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My father. The best thing he got, dude, on Islam was like a friend of mine who used to drink alcohol. Mm. But he was a Muslim. <laughs> that was the best example of Islam he got. Hmm. The rest of these dudes, all they used to go around is like, yeah, bro, you convert to Islam and you know, it's real good for you. And. It has a son that's stranded halfway across the country, man. He was scared to death at first, like I told you before. He didn't know what the hell was going to happen to me. If I was going to turn out like some dude who used to strap a, a vest to his chest and go out and blow himself up. He didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Our families are in this just as much as we are, dude. We're part of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you guys don't understand that. And the suffering we go through, it's not for us, dude. I care less, man. I have kids, dude. Yeah. I'm concerned about them. Yeah. How they're gonna grow up? Like, they're not Daisy, bro. They're not Arab, bro. I go, I go anywhere, right? Where do I fit in, man? Right now, like in the U.S., with all of the diversity we brag about as Muslims. Yeah. Where am I gonna fit in? But when you say fit in, what do you mean by fit in? Because like, I think just for the listeners, they pro- they're probably not getting the context, like. Does that mean that you don't have any type of welcome anywhere? Do you have friends? Like, well, of course I have friends, yeah. Sheikh. But like, you mean you don't have your? Does it come from a place where your loved ones, the closest people to you, aren't Muslim? Do you think why that that hurts, man? Of course it does. No, I know. Like, where do I go and and just be a Portuguese guy? Like, where? Because, dude, I'm not an Arab. You know, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Like, with all of the flack I get from them, like I really push back at them because they. Oh, brother, you know, the Arab, dude, miss me with that stuff, dude. I'm Portuguese and I'm happy. All right? Yeah, well, the Arabs, they're, they're, they're people of generosity. Yeah, every time I used to go out with you guys, I used to be the one paying for lunch. <laughs> yeah, generosity that, man. I didn't, do, I didn't learn that from you. I learned that from my grandfather and my father. Yeah. Until today. I was talking to my cousin the other day. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, man, I got my house. We got to learn how to save our money and stuff. Yeah, man, you know, like, we can't go out with anybody. Right? Look, look, this is tradition for us, man. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, man. He's like, dude, man, you just get, you know, you're about to get into this new job and stuff, man. Really, you know, save your money and stuff. I was like, yeah, that's going to be difficult, man. He's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Can't go out with nobody. He's like, yeah, we can't. Because we always end up paying for everything. <laughs> <laughs> that That's just the way it is. It, it, you know, we're not, and it's not like... You know, like, you ever saw, you ever went out with, like, Arab, unfortunately, man, they got, like, this thing with them where, like, they go out with you, and they want to show everybody they're doing it. You know, like, I watched my father. I watched my grandfather get up from the table. Oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And the bill's paid. That's the going to the bathroom. I didn't learn that stuff from them, dude. I learned it from my family. But what if somebody says to you, like, um, um, it may seem like you 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 you're focusing too much of this uh, of it as a Portuguese thing, but people generally say that Islam is 
a culture that transcends Islam is a way of life that transcends all cultures and mm. wherever you go it should only be about Islam it that's shouldn't propaganda. be about culture <coughs> that's no so Sufyan like you just said about how your grandfather would go to the washroom and the bills paid right now a couple Palestinian brothers I grew up with they did the same thing when I would hang out with them and now I'm finding myself doing that same practice when I go out to with other eat with eat to eat with other brothers. So, I'm saying I'm not sure. I'm not denying what your experience what your experience was mm-hmm. with those brothers, but I'm just saying that there there are good brothers. Of course. That beyond, <clears throat> you, sh- you can't allow other people or your experiences to define, so, or or not even define, but you can't. What I'm saying is, is that there's a lot of good company to be found. There's good and bad everywhere. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and That's what I'm saying. The reason I asked him, I don't think he things, was trying to generalize that. Yeah. yeah. I think he's talking about something a lot deeper than this that. Is, this is my experience when it comes to culture. Yeah. Right? And, and to, 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 to expound on that, one of the legal maxims of Islam, Al-Urf yeah. Al-Adat, Yes. يَرْجِعُ إِلَيْهَا الْحَاكِمْ بِكُلِّ حُكِمْ حَكَمَ بِهِ الشَّارِعِ يعني رسول الله Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The culture and traditions, but he knows this. Why well, I'm looking at you, man. Over here. <laughs> Teach culture, them. Culture, Teach. yeah. This guy, particular. Yeah, yeah, darn people. Man. But yeah, so often, yeah. So the customs and traditions are, are to be returned to with every single ruling that the judge would judge with, or the faqih yeah. would pass a ruling, right? That's every single ruling, dude. Like, aside from Tawheed, and, dude, and aside from Salah and the five, dude, every single ruling that has to do with Mu'amalat, which is most of the problems that we have as converts. And our problem isn't with Salah, dude. Our problem isn't with Tawheed or Risalat Rasul, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But our problem is with these issues on Mu'amalat. On how people deal with you. Exactly. And how we deal with people. Yeah. And how we're told that everything's haram. Obviously, it's not everything. It's it's general statement and stuff. But, and yes, Sam, there's a ton of good people. I've met Arabs that did the same exact thing yeah. I've done. Yeah. But then again, I met the best and the worst from both. Yeah. But sure. but I th- I think what I'm hearing from you is that is that what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, we sometimes there is like this prop like you know, Muslims we 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 if you enter Islam, best adab everything, and then it's praise, but you find that. Your best, uh, the the what you actually learned, the best example was from your own family, right? That's exactly what you know. What I'm is. saying, like, I didn't need nobody to come and restructure the way I see how ethical comportment is. I didn't need nobody to come and say, "Hey, dude, you know, you need to do this and you need to do that," because that stuff was already taught to me when I was young, dude. Right. Mm. Like, dude, I remember going out with my grandfather. Listen, this is how serious they were about Adam. Okay. We went to my uh, my grandmother's aunt's house, right? We okay. went to eat there, right? And I was eating like this. <laughs> my grandfather hit me in the back of the head. <laughs> I jumped up. It's like, boy, when you eat at the table, you put both of your arms on the table, and you eat correctly. Mm. If we used to walk, my grandmother, you don't walk out of the house until today, dude. She still tells, son, fix your hair. Hey, take that, take that, take that shirt off. Go get another one. 
If I'm talking to her on the phone, we you know we we talk to Facebook all the time, right? She's like my mother, bro. Right. She's like, dude, you fix that. Do this. Why is your house looking like this? Looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm serious, dude. So like every single aspect of our life, dude, they spent an incredible amount of time making sure that they fine tune it. For, obviously, they're not perfect, and there are things that no human being is gonna have complete mastery over this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So, but. You know, I don't. We don't need to change who we were before. Yeah, right. I think one of the big dilemmas is after you become Muslim, um, they they want you to change your culture completely, as if there's one Islamic culture that's supposed to. Now, when I say Islamic culture, look, there's an understanding of Islam, but everyone is entitled and Islamically allowed to, and sometimes very beneficial to utilize the culture that they have. As long as that cultural thing doesn't interfere with their Islam, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. For instance, somebody says you're Portuguese. You may do, be doing something as far as your either your uh, uh, customs and your traditions are. As long as it doesn't have anything to do with Islam, but someone will say to you, "Oh, oh no, no, no! You have to change that because you're Muslim now, right?" Yeah. Because I've seen people do that. Even I've seen Indians do that to people. Mm-hmm. Someone who converts, they're trying to teach them the Indian way of eating, kind of. Uh, yeah. And it's like, dude, no, the guy is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Indian way of praying. Yeah, the, the same thing, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's everything. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, and then unfortunately, it, it becomes so suffocating, man. Yeah. That people stop being who they really are. Yeah. You're like, allowed to, you're supposed to, and you're allowed to keep your culture. You forget your identity, Sheikh. Yeah. That's the problem. We no longer are the people who we used to be. And that's why it becomes a problem with our family. My father told me. I sat on the east man. I sat on his car, dude, and I started bawling, Sheikh. Like I started crying like profusely, right? He said, "I've never seen anything change a person the way that religion did to you." Wow. I hate it. Subhanallah. Right? Because despite I saw, despite you living in a life of crime and things like that, he's still hating it. You see, b- because well, this is early on, though. Yeah, this was. Early so on. I I think that's one thing we that's, should get into a little bit. Maybe yeah. finish the point, but like. <laughs> I was gonna it, get it, to it, that. it probably doesn't yeah, help that gonna, you that yeah, the Salafi no, ox got you first. Yeah, no, I was gonna, I was gonna the ox. That's your mean. Man. Yeah. No, but I was gonna get to that. So, like, yeah, granted, like I was part of these brothers, man. That I was tell you know, like they were encouraging me to get into these arguments with my family, and you know, like uh, I'm sure you'll understand this. In general, it's kind of the same way. So, like, our parents, dude, are sacred to us. So their word is their word, dude. And like, you don't just come to your father and be like, "Hey, man, I want to talk to you about religion. Your religion's wrong. My religion's right. And this is why." You know, and that's what they were. You know, that's what they were encouraging me to do. And again, like going into that mentality, I became a mindless idiot. Yeah. Unfortunately, like you know, it it, it becomes something. It, what was it? Sorry, my. Oh, all right. I'm getting I, I, no, I I'll clean my nose. Yeah, I He's getting that. the itch. Like, was that an insinuation? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, I have uh, <clears throat> deviated something. Oh, all right. <laughs> Not well, a deviated right. aqidah. Because I know a brother, I still live with a British <clears throat> brother when he first became Muslim in the UK. Um, the brothers that helped him come into the fold of Islam says, man, you don't need to respect your parents no more. You need to love them. They, they kufa. Uh, no, that's what I got, dude. Right? That's what I got, unfortunately. And obviously that became different later on or whatever. But that's, seriously, that's what I got. And, you know, you tell me to hate my, the the people I was taught my whole life to love. Yeah, man. Like, ultimately, yeah, it, it sucks, dude. Yeah. Like, you feel lost. 
That's that's the definition of brainwashing, kind of. No, right? no, it's devastating to the person. Yeah. You tell them, listen, everything you've learned so far, trash it. I went from wearing a Portuguese soccer jersey and some jeans to wearing, you know, an imama, like like a Yemeni and, a, and you know, a thobe and, and the jacket, you know, and I, walking up and down Ferry Street, Newark, New Jersey, where it's all Portuguese people. And they're like, who the hell is this guy, man? I told you earlier, the lady was like, oh, no, Bin Laden. Look at Bin Laden over here. And I was like, hey, Timari, you follow Portuguese. I'm just preocupa. You know, she was like, where are you? You're Portuguese? And I was like, yeah, you know. And, and, and but so many words, the store she was in belonged to my family. Hmm. It belonged to my mother's side of the family. Hmm. And, you know, the, the guy behind the counter was like, you don't know who that is? She's like, no, that's Junior. Such and such grandson, you know? She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, after that, every time she would see me, she was like, oh, Jun, in the car. You know, like, <laughs> it was hilarious. But at any rate, like, these are things we go through. Yeah. And it's all a growing experience, obviously, for us. Yeah. Because, you know, we join something completely foreign to us. Yes. Yeah. So how long did it take for you to kind of adjust? And obviously, you in that situation, you have to develop a thick layer of skin. Um, but from then up until now, where is that? Where is that situation? Because it seems like you've acclimated to all types of Muslims very, very well now. Or is there still something there that you know? Honestly speaking, the the Prophet sallallahu alaihi he said in the hadith. It's in Bukhari and Muslim. Uh, the one who critiques people and the one who consistently curses people will not have you know, the station of intercession on the Day of Judgment. Hmm. Now, there's a reason for that. But why do you think that's the case? Because he constantly has to see issues and becomes very gossipy and becomes... Exactly. You know, well, how the you know intercession is the people who intercede for others they're people who tend to overlook the problems of people they actually appeal to their inner better nature to look at everyone in the right light wait wait say that again they look at their what they look at people they look first of all they appeal to their inner nature the better their better selves uh, yes 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 to be able to look at people in a good light mm, yes yes how yes. the heck do you do that if you go around consistently yep. criticizing people always finding mistakes in people yeah. how, how are you going to do that yeah I don't think that I don't think there's any group of Muslims that's perfect I'll tell you that much yeah there's right and wrong everywhere I don't care what criticism comes from that that's just the truth if you believe otherwise you're just a bigot yeah realistically speaking there's there's one perfect Muslim brother and that was Rasulullah and if you believe that there's somebody else that's perfect and infallible something's wrong with you yeah I used to tell my student if you walk away from this class and you haven't been able to find one point of contention, something's wrong with you. Hmm. Th that's not who I want. One of this, you know, there's two of them that actually stand out to me. Zubair, he's actually studying in Sheikh Ninui's madrasa right now. Uh, he's become, he's evolved into something. Completely. He's, you know, he brings me joy when I talk about him. And another one's studying in Saudi Arabia right now. Safe. Amazing also. They just expound something different. Like we were talking about uh, uh, Majmu'a ibn Hazm. Uh, what was it? Yeah. The, the, the book by Sidi ibn uh, al-Muntasir al-Kittari. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
he actually he studied in that book. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, it brings joy when you think about people that actually expound like that. Yeah. But w one of the things that I consistently drilled into their heads is, listen, if you're still walking away and there's no point of consent, something's wrong. Mm. You guys need to have your own mind. Yeah. To be able to, you know, like, Explore the ideas that are beyond what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's take for example. One time we discussed uh, what is the foundation of religion. What do you think? Shane? What do you mean foundation of religion? What do you think religion is built on? The Shahada. No religion in general, right? No. You know, Islam, Islam or the concept of religion. What is it? Built on? Connection to the divine. Trying to connect with the divine. But how do you connect? How? Knowledge. Knowledge Based of the what? Creator. Yeah. Is it? Knowledge of knowledge of knowing the Creator, right? How to how to know your Creator, your purpose. Is it? Isn't it love? How are you going to learn about something you don't love? Are you going to learn about something just just out of hate and fear? I think you shy away from those things. Or the driving would say factor. is like the fear you want to you learn about something you fear because you want to avoid it. No, no, no. There's so, the argument. Yeah. So there's the argument. For when you that. no, sorry, I maybe I don't understand the question, but you said. What is maybe the maybe if I worded it differently? Root of all. What is the driving force behind people attaching themselves to religion? Identity. Say love. Love. Yeah. Of uh, course, that, it's love, and it has that's, to be. That's that's the basis for Rumi's statement. Again, another polemic statement. They ask Why me about my religion. My religion is love. Oh. I'll give you. I'll give you an example here. Plato, he discusses in this symposium, right? Do, do by that question you just made my, my my brain go like a million miles an hour. I'm trying to think of so many things at once, but I'll try to concentrate. Because okay. you shouldn't ask me that question. Now I'm trying so to think too much. So Plato, in this symposium, right, he describes what he thinks love is, right? And he said that love is, in essence, right, the idea of leaving behind to the world three things the world can benefit from hmm. now pay attention to this. this to me it was mind-boggling when I first came across it leaving behind a righteous child so he can work in your name hmm. leaving behind some sort of benefit to humanity so that humanity can benefit from anything a well a tree library Le leaving behind humanity some academic work that they can benefit from. What do you get from that, Shia? Isn't that what Rasulullah said? Now, I ask you again, like, what's the driving force behind that? Leaving behind a righteous child, what, what led you to do that? It was love. It was nothing else. Right? Why were you writing in the first place? Who are you writing to? People you hate? Unless you're like Sim, and he wants to <laughs> teach the kufar and stuff, right? It's important, hard work. Ha ha hashtag keep it humble, man. <laughs> no, sir, wh who are you writing this for? The people you hate. And you're writing this stuff to the people you love. And then you're not going to sit back and spend a ton of money on building it, because obviously back then it was a bit more expensive. You're, you're, you're employing your resources to build a well, for people you're never going to know. What's the driving force behind that? It's love. Yeah. So the concept of religion... And, and now mind you, I was talking to them about this. 
And they were already adding stuff to it in their mind. That That's the point of the teacher, right? And it kind of links into what we were talking about, you know, the, the cultural differences and stuff. And do we need to go? No, 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 we're fine. You sure, bro? No, I, I have to check the old... Uh, chat box to see if the people are, got questions the, the people have questions oh they're probably like man, tell that dude to shut up <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, but if you can re-explain because i'm still thinking about that so can you rephrase it because i i, I want to rethink about that because it's a really interesting question i love the question you said what is the foundation of knowledge or did you no what is the driving force what is the driving force behind religion or behind leading people to religion behind, right, and behind anything be, behind anyone wanting to learn about anything right would you would have to have some kind of interest in, or love for for whatever thing you want to learn about? In essence, yes. Now, obviously, people and and we're speaking. Or, no, in do you general. mean it on the level of? And sorry to overcomplicate this, but I think no, it's no, no, awesome. you're fine. Do you mean the driving force behind you leaving a legacy of knowledge for them? No. Or that's the fruit of it. Yeah. So that's a fruit. That's not the driving force. You're not planting the seed based on that. You're planting the seed based on love. Mm, that's what you're saying that's the that's water very... that you pour onto that seed mm. that's what makes that tree grow mm. I get it now yeah 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 huh? that's beautiful what's, what's the foundation behind that it's not built on anything other than love now love is obviously an overcomplicated term yeah you know we're speaking on love in general terms but it's you know, Plato himself, he actually went and expounded further on what he deemed love to be. It's actually pretty comical. There's another dude who's a playwright. He said that love, are you ready? This is pretty comical. He said that love is complicated because people used to be created together. They were like these big spheres of people where men and women were together and they used to roll around and they used to be really grumpy all the time. And, you know, they tried to take over Mount Olympus. So Zeus kind of got angry and wanted to kill him. So he, you know, he he kind of like threw down the bolt and separated them so they can get two times the offerings now instead of just one. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty hard. So I don't know how this guy constructed all of this idea around love, but he, you know, he kind of, yeah, he kind of threw that mm. over there. He's pretty, anybody wants to, by the way, I, I think um, out of all of the philosophers, I think Plato is probably the one that's more in tune I mean, like the early Greek philosophers. Plato's oh, yeah. probably the one that's more in tune with it. He's the granddaddy of them all. No, Socrates. Oh, he came right after. Socrates. There's actually, yeah. there's actually people before. Yeah, you yeah, guys know they killed him, right? Yeah. Poor Socrates, man. But th that dude was the real Sufi, by the way. I'm <laughs> not. Even, oh, that they're gonna kill me for this. No, but seriously, like all jokes aside, that dude was an ascetic, man. Socrates. Yeah. He walked around with his hair disheveled, no sandals on, just walking around with some, you know, shags on and stuff, and that's it. That's that's where we got the Socratic method from, the questions. The questions, yes, the Socratic method. Mm. It, it, actually, Plato is the one that preserved that for us. What's the, uh, Plato, I was a philosophy major when, back in Toronto for like a year, right? And I remember I took H's philosophy, mm -hmm. um, was it the cave? Is that Plato? That was Plato, yes. Yeah, and I was like, it takes you like two hours to read like three pages. The algorithm of the cave. It was we like talked about it earlier, dude. I I, I like lost brain cells. Like I was like it was like <laughs> lost you, brain cells. You remember those, the eighties? Well, you you you're a younger <clears throat> cat. Remember those eighties? Just so just say no to drugs. You said you're a younger cat. You you to you. Thanks, man. Yeah. So like <laughs> thanks, uh, old head. <laughs> <laughs> so we like you know they throw the eggs on the on the frying pan, mm -hmm. but I was like it was just like a lot of that stuff just 
like I, I don't know if I had like a focus. It seems to me like a lot of that philosophy stuff. It just not everyone can not everyone can handle it. It's not for everybody. I mean, actually, <laughs> depending on the philosophy. Okay. Yeah. So philosophy is an overcomplicated term, also. Yeah. Right? Um, realistically speaking, it's branches now. So an example, you have epistemology, which deals with what is knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have ethics, which is the basics. Metaphysics, which deals with, uh, you know, uh, theology, what we would call theology. Linguistics. Uh, linguistics is also a portion of it. Justice. Uh, what, what, is what is justice? Well, justice. That's ethics. Mm. Uh, so ethics is, is the field that, uh, I'm actually interesting enough, right? I remember I was talking to a, a political science major, right? And a young lady, she was Mexican. Right, Mexican American, and and I was like, you know, I'm really proud of you. She was like, why? You know, because people like you should take a step up to impact the political sphere of the United States of America. And she said, well, thank you. I said, but how are you going to do that? She said, well, I believe justice is the way to go. I said, justice is the way to go. How are you going to achieve that? She said, um, well, equality is what we need to, you know, aim at. I said, okay. And you think that's the answer? She said, yeah. I said, no, that's not the answer. I said, the answer lies in ethics. You know, the, the fact that ethics is the ruling factor behind every decision that's made. You know, laws are just a conjunction of agreed upon ideas by lawmakers. From a specific area. Now, those laws are impacted by culture. They're impacted by the time people live in. And, you know, that's all there's to it. But those laws will be worthless unless they're accompanied by justice. Now, justice and equality, they're two completely separate things. Justice is one thing. Equality is a completely separate thing. Right? She said, my teacher never told me. (laughs) It's pretty ironic. But philosophy is overcomplicated because of that. Mm. Now, I remember listening to this one philosophy teacher. He was talking about the human mind. And he said that if you ever find a teacher teaching you philosophy, making you want to walk out after the first 10 minutes, do me a favor and walk out. Mm. Because that man just squandered the most important thing in humanity, the human mind. A young mind that's willing to learn. Realistically speaking, that is probably the single most precious thing humanity has. Because that young mind is going to want to achieve something. Not for themselves most of the time. Mm. But for the greater benefit of everyone. And I know this is another polemic statement, but screw it, man. (laughs) Right? I believe that philosophy is a tool that we can use to reach that. Hmm. Right? Some por- portions of philosophy, I don't think everything, and I would argue what Ibn Rushd argued, that some philo- some philosophy is only for specific people. Yeah. yeah. Right? Al Ghazali actually said that you shouldn't study it all together. Yeah. But Ibn Rushd's yeah, argument m- argued back. Go ahead, yeah. No, no, well, I was just going to say that. Yeah. He said, there I never some wish I got into it. Huh? Imam Ghazali said, I never wish I got into it. That's because it's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, uh, you read some of Nietzsche's stuff and you start questioning yourself mm. like, man, is this... Do, do I really exist? 
Yeah, no, like no, no. That was um, that's uh, Descartes. That was Descartes. Okay. No, no, no. Descartes says, "I, I exist, therefore I am." No, but he reaches that point through questioning his very existence in his metaphysical paper. Right. Yeah, th- that's mm. what he's mentioning. Okay, so he's yeah, just so ex- he no he he. So how did he get to that point? I am therefore. I think therefore I am. The the, the question was the what what is the proof or how do you uh, come to the idea that you exist. Uh, you exist. What what does existence mean? So, so basically, what philosophers <clears throat> call this the bridge. They call it Descartes' bridge, right? So he starts off at a point where he sees everything, and he starts working down, questioning his, his very existence. I mean, it gets to a point in his papers where he says. How do I know it's me? Hmm. And it's not just some devil whispering to me, think, you know, making me think that I'm something. Well, but if I'm thinking, that means I exist. Hmm. Right? And then he starts building himself back up. So he questions everything. I mean, and he brings like examples to validate his points or whatever. At any rate, you have. Uh, what was it? Ergo sum something? Ergo sum something. Forget it. Was it? But yeah. yes, ergo assumun something. I, I think therefore. Assumun. There's a, a tenwin on there. Assumun. Yeah, it's pretty sure. sure. No, that's, that's nah, he, he's shit coverage with a sim mode. Assumun. Good try and good try on that one. You want to hear something funny? Mm. That's speaking about like how Arabic kind of not, impacted some. Oh, do we need to go over No, that? no. Someone just wants me to ask you a question, but yeah, keep going. No, go ahead. No, no, please, please. Uh, it's about the Katani. Shatibi, right? What was his name? I'm talking about the Muqra, by the way. What was his full name? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Sahib al-Alfiya. Ishaq ibn Firru. Right? What the heck is Firru? That's actually a Portuguese word, mm. right? For iron. And it, it's a last name that's still used until today. Ferru. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ferro is still a last name. The the Spanish people will say hierro, but the Portuguese people will say ferro. Like even we still have harf al in our language, right? So like one of the name, like my my daughter's name, Selma, right? The tasghir of that name is what? Saluma, right? Mm. How would you say that with imala? Salume. Yeah. Huh? That name is still found in Portugal and Spain. Is it? Yeah, Salume. There's a ton of that stuff, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. I oh, mean, yeah. She, no, she no, me. The authority on the field. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I you know how all this started, Tim? <laughs> the first moment you met him, you were trolling, so now... No, he's, he's, done, he's yeah. on ultra-defense mode done, now. You're done, man. <laughs> it's over, dude. He's trying to get to you before so, you get to him. Look, all I did, the only reference point I'm talking about from it is when <laughs> I, I would have a Spanish teacher and I would try to teach her a little bit about Islam and how... How much of an impact Muslims had on on Spain, and I would keep on going through common words that Spain and Spanish people, not necessarily Portugal Portuguese people, but I would find a lot of commonalities in short mm-hmm. to her and try to. I'm, and this this by the way, this is one point of contention I have with the Spanish speaking community, the Muslim community. They say that Spanish is the closest language to Arabic. That's incorrect. No, not even close. From a pronunciation standpoint alone, Portuguese is closer. Hmm. Would you we say Portuguese is closer to Arabic to, than it is to Spanish? Yeah, because like Spanish people, like the Spanish Muslim community, they mm. always use that like as a reference. But no, there's a ton of words, and Spanish is the closest language to Arabic. Uh, I'm sorry, but you, what was the what are those people? Uh, well, they have the the whole conjugation thing, right? How yeah. they 
both both languages have this uh, a root word that they add all these different forms of conjugation on. Arabic does. Yeah, I know. Spanish does, right? Spanish doesn't have like well, you know, tenem, tenemos, yo tenemos, soy. Is a, okay, yeah. Tenemos. That's Every not like Arabic, that. though. No, yeah. that's uh-huh. not like Arabic. Not English, but it's not like Arabic, though. What do you mean? So if if I say I um, uh, trabajo, oh, yeah, I get right? what you're saying. Like, trabajo, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, I get. What's trabajo? Yeah. I work. Trabajo. Trabajo means I work. Oh, trabajo. Yeah. Trabajo. Yeah, oh man. Check I'm sorry. Check. Oh man. Oh, no, this I is didn't. Check over here. Okay. <laughs> please. Poor K. Please. No, I don't want any. Please swine. explain all the various no, forms of of uh, of traba traba. Yeah. Trabajando. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. All right. Anyways. No. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Would, so they both have. The but Portuguese, the Portuguese language has that too. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So I'm French, saying they so both have Italians and English doesn't. Okay, that's English though. Well, I think other languages do, though, yeah. but is that is that the is that the reason why is they that say their that's reason? to Arabic? That the, no, they that's say that the words wrong. and stuff. The words are very similar. Yeah, but the pronunciation like... in Portuguese is actually almost exactly the same as in Arabic. Okay, I so thought like, uh, so. Like, take for example, right? They say um, in Arabic, how do you say oven? Forn. Same exact thing in Portuguese. Oh, really? Yeah. Take for example, arroz, right? Same exact uh, thing. Arroz. Uh, arroz. Uh, I mean, I'm, right now, I'm sorry. This is a couple of There's a ton of words. How do you say Mickey like, Mouse? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kafir. <laughs> 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 but anyway, somebody had a quick question for me. Uh, I don't know how, how much more time we got left, Sam. Got like five minutes. So somebody was asking me um, on a text message. Um, as far as the tariqas, I think they've been to a few tariqas in their life or they've just been researching. But they said that why, what, number one, what's the main reason why someone should get into a tariqa? And why is the katani tariqa, um, like if you, they basically want to know, like, how do you get into a tariqa? What is, what's the whole concept? Is it you meet with the sheikh and he gives you a few wird to do? Does he tell you to read some Quran? Does it, what, what, how, what's that experience? Like a lot of times people, they may not have an understanding or they may have a wrong understanding of what a tariqa is or they may have a very romanticized understanding of what a tariqa yeah, is. Yeah. So what's the middle ground? What Be- would uh, Sheikh Al-Andalusi tell us about the Katani tariqa and tariqa? First, you get, get a general? wand. Por favor. Por favor. Por favor. Por que? Por que? First, you get a wand. Then you go into one of the specialized schools. Yeah. Like Hogwarts. Or like, yeah, and then you get like a little thing on your head and you become Harry Potter or something. <laughs> No, no, really though. So, uh, so to to begin with, right? The um, sawwuf is not for everybody. Let's just get that clear. Uh, you Sufis can hate on me all you want, all right? The sawwuf isn't for everybody, and I'm speaking about the the sawwuf that most people practice, which is the sawwuf of tajriba, the sawwuf of experience, where they tell a person you got to sit there in that corner. Dim the lights, spread out a white carpet, man, and go around reciting these specific odad every day, until you reach some kind of illumination, and you know that's so it. So you say it's like formal to solve because somebody will be like, well, what do you mean by formal to solve? Like because like some people will be like, oh, to solve just purifying the heart, so we should all be about that, like general. You know what I'm saying? No, that's not formal to solve though, and that's my point of contention with it. That's one version of the solve. Okay, so there's another version of the sawwuf. But isn't there like a general tasawwuf for all Muslims? Like well, every Muslim like, should be know, like. When, when you're talking about when you make the sawwuf, well, anyways, you. Can... 
بخير عمالكم وأزكاها عند مالككم قال ذكر الله صلى الله عليه وسلم when I inform you about the best you know the, the most the best regarded action you know in front of your lord they would say man that brownie's calling to you <laughs> yeah they would say the prophet said dhikr right right, right. so the, the concept of dhikr is is okay yeah the, I was the brownies the camera. Yeah. they don't know what the noise was sorry yeah the, the brownies brother yeah brownies Sheikh Hamri killed like half of them already <laughs> and with so, some but by, by the way so the concept of dhikr being yeah. an instrument to cleansing the soul right. that's an islamic concept accepted across the board i right. mean the salafis agree on it the sufis agree on it yeah everybody would agree on that right if that's the general to soul if we're talking about it, there's no discussion to that yeah, yeah. Right? so but so the sawaf in and of itself it was founded as a means to teach people how to get closer to allah yeah. Now don't forget that just as aqidah was taken from the hadith of Jibril, right? فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِيمَانِ Just as fiqh was taken from the hadith of Jibril, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِسْلَامِ Tasawwuf was taken from the hadith of Jibril, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ So the concept of how to reach that level, that's tasawwuf. You can call it whatever you want. To worship was, Allah, if you see him, if you don't see him, know that he sees you. What was Zarruq? Imam Zarruq? Wait, wait, can you guys translate that? Siri Ahmed Zarruq. So what, no, right before Ihsan, that. No, when Ihsan, when Jibreel A.S. asked Rasulullah, Oh, what, okay. What's Ihsan? And ta'abud Allah ka'annaka tarahu. You worship Allah as if you see him. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are listening. Oh, I thought it was for you for a minute. I was like, man, that's offensive, man. What's the matter with you? Sheikh, why do you have such a low opinion of me? No. Yeah, he's from Medina, Sheikh. Yeah, man. Sheikh, I've studied with a lot of... I can show you the list of my teachers. You can teach me, man. After the episode, I will show you the list of my... He has to I will show you. Why are you talking like you're from... What's that place, Wakanda? I feel like... Oh... Please don't pull the move on me, man. Don't, don't, don't talk don't, about don't. Wakanda. Or Why? Your, your voice. <clears throat> I bet you don't think uh, your accent... Black Panther deserved the Oscar either, did you? No, I'm just saying your accent sounds like from, you're from Wakanda. You just <laughs> talk normally even when you're talking about Islam, bro. <laughs> your accent doesn't have to change. <laughs> Check his face out, though. <laughs> My face did not change. Yeah, okay, bro. Anyway, go ahead. So, so, so... Formally, whatever you want to call, there's a general to so for all the Muslims, so but there's, there's there's two approaches, yeah, right? right? So there's the approach of tajriba, right? There's the approach of experience, yeah, where you go to this tariqa, right? And the sheikh tells you, okay, dude, like go sit down in that corner, yeah, right? Every after every fajr, after every maghrib, and this is this is what you do, yeah, and eventually you'll reach that state if God wants, right? Right, and so the person goes through that tedious work day after day day after day some people it takes you know a week some yeah. people it takes 50 years some people it takes 10 years some people it take less than that right? right but that's the concept of the soul of tajriba right then there's the soul of ulama where people would like when i asked sheikh, sheikh hamza al-kittani about this this is what he told me there's the soul of ulama and i was like what's the soul of ulama and then basically he replied to me by saying that it's the tasawwuf of knowing why you're worshiping Allah. Hmm. You're not just sending the person over to the corner and telling them do this, right? By the way, the default opinion in the Qatani, in the Qatani tariqa is that you pray like this. Do you see me praying like this? No. Why? 
Because it's wrong. I, no, no, it's not. Because it's wrong. Because your allegiance is to the no, Malikia. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, listen, I'll tell you what Qadi Abu Bakr ibn al-Arabi used to say. We're not servants of Malik, dude. Malik was a great imam. You guys are very proud about it, huh? No, uh, yeah. But Malik, Most Malikis are. Malik wasn't the prophet. Sam, just stay quiet. Don't say anything else, please. You, I know how to joke you. You may say something crazy, but yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> he tries to hold himself real he's hard. Get, he's gonna get boycotted. <laughs> we 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 happen to have out of I don't know why, but we have a lot of Maliki friends, and they're super like, oh, we're so Maliki, we're so this. I'm so Maliki, and I don't put my hands on my my stomach. And you guys are so silly. You look, you looks. Yeah, hey, you guys know. have a problem yourselves, man. You no, don't know it's... where to put your hands. <laughs> whether right it's here. on the stomach, whether it's on the chest, whether it's on top of here or there, uh, figure it I out. I don't man. know, man. I feel, I feel like it should be right here, right above so, the heart. Right above the heart. <laughs> that, that's that's a good feeling. Right here. That's a good feeling. No, because you get to you know feel what, the heart. You know what I? You know what I get when you're doing that? I feel like it should be there, but should, should we just if do I was like, like a, should we do I, like a group hug right now? That's what I get when you're doing. Yeah. Remember back in the day, used to be like this. Yeah, and like, and like spread out, legs spread out, like yeah, like, take up. Yeah, I, I gotta take my territory. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But I feel like uh, this part right here, there's a more spiritual. You're grabbing it, you're this grabbing a, it like this is a mer- a spiritual <laughs> place right here. Right? Might be high blood pressure. Yeah, are you alright, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, it Did could also be like. By the way, I've seen people doing it. By the way. I've seen it too. That's yeah, why yeah. I thought it was legit, like a madab or something. But yeah, then no, I don't think after so. I started studying yeah, a little I don't bit, so, found out that no one does that. No, anyways, think... why don't you like? Hey, before we derailed you for like the tenth time tonight, <laughs> no, like why did oh, you? Oh man, we're just having a conversation, dude. Man, <laughs> he wanted it to fun. be like a round table, so we're making like a round yeah, table. So, like, but anyways, yeah. The, but so the hands, w- w- yeah, the hands, the katanis generally, the katanis, and they have a strong argument for. Listen, I have not discussed the issue of sadl with anybody, both Maliki and non-Maliki. Except that they haven't convinced me with their argument. Oh, Malik narrates the hadith in the Muatta. Okay, great. Malik narrates a lot of a hadith in the Muatta that he doesn't take as his personal practice. Yeah. And in the Mudawana, which is his book on fiqh, which is narrated by Ibn al-Qasim, which was one of Bukhari's teachers, he says, do sadl, right? The only person that I actually had a hard time with when it came to the issue of Sadl was my teacher Shaykh Hamza Al-Qatani I don't think I convinced him or he convinced me we walked away like that Uh but I told him Shaykh I can't do it and he asked me why I said Shaykh look I I respect Qabr but I believe to the bottom of my heart that Sadl is stronger and I have my reasons for it. I mean, we can sit here and make this a Maliki fiqh, you know, thing, but that just feel like it's un- it's unjust, right? Right. Look at Sam. He's like, yeah, please don't do that, man. <laughs> yeah. Convert all of these people and stuff. We're going to create more of like... No, I was just picturing you and your sheikh arguing about this. Movie. No, we didn't argue. We Me, had a conversation, brother. I walked away. He fun, so and he I, walked away in I, his I, direction. I'll tell you a funny like, story, right? So, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing like a, so, like a, like a showdown no, it, it right like, after Fajr where you guys both had a discussion heart to heart about subtle, and then you guys couldn't agree by the time Zohar arrived and... You guys prayed Zohar <laughs> and walked your own way, <laughs> giving giving each other a that disapproval, that disapproving look. That actually happened in the past, by the way. I'm yeah. sure. That. So, so Shafi'i had that kind of issue happen with Leith ibn Sa'd. You know that, right? Oh, Leith ibn Sa'd. I know him. 
I don't yeah. remember. What, what, you met him last <laughs> week or something? You know what he's going to say? He's going to say, you met Abu Leith and Medic. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, God, help us. <laughs> What did I get into? <laughs> just got broadcast. Yeah, yeah, so like, this guy's trying to play it off like the Malikis are oppressing him, right? <laughs> and he's always like, when he first started the podcast, right? <laughs> I'm praying Sadl, right, in, in his old house, and his brother was there, oh, yeah. right? And he was like, looking at Sims, like, what's going on? He's like, oh, shh, he's, he's, he's a Shia. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got that in the past, man. And I, I, these I, days, I just embrace. These days, I embrace it. Like somebody asked me, "Why do you pray like that?" It's like I'm a Rafidi. No, you know what? <laughs> I've actually found an easy approach to deal with it. Yes, yeah. like I got harassed about it so oh. many times in the past, and right. I pulled it down to two points, right? Yeah, and it's really just logic, right? So my question, my first question, I would make to people would be, okay, so you're having a problem with praying my hands on my side, right? Yeah, why? Is it a bidak? And nobody can ever say yes. Because nobody's ever called it a bidak. Yeah. Uh, the only person I know is one of the Humariyun that yeah. called it a bidak. But even if that we take that as uh, into consideration with respect to him, it's one scholar. Yeah. The vast majority of... I mean, the four schools are in agreement that none of it is bidak. Yeah. Right? So... If it's not bidah, that means that it has a, least, a, a legal reason for it being established. Right? Yeah. Okay, fine. So point one. Point two. Is my salah valid? Hmm. Nobody's ever said no, right? Yeah. So if it's valid, what's the problem? Is it bothering you because it's something you don't agree with? Because as far as I know, listen, it's legally allowed and the salah is valid. So what's the problem, dude? Right. Yeah. I mean, we can argue the legality of it based on its proofs. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I the, mean, the there's two like... examples that you gave is to diffuse somebody from this harassment. Exactly. Them. So yeah, there's a much bigger reason, grander the, reason. I mean, yeah. for God's sake, dude, there's over what? Like, I think Ibn Nabi Sheba mentions at least 15 of the Tabi'een and the Sahaba. Yeah. Right? That used to do it. Al Hassan al Basri alone would be enough. What, what house was he brought up in? He was brought up in whose house? I don't know. Are you asking? The wife of the Prophet. Sorry. A person that's being raised in the house of a wife of the Prophet is going to pray the wrong way? I'm, 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 I'm confused. I, like, I don't get the idea. Like, okay, granted, like you want to do it like that? There's a hadith that support that? Do it. Great. But you're going to tell me now that this dude didn't know what he was doing? Of course. All right. I'm ready to convert. Yes, right. What do I do? No, brother, you just... Uh, Is there a secret Maliki handshake? Yeah, no, we just, you know, we, we got to swear a blood oath and <laughs> uh, maybe sacrifice yeah. a sheep or something to... Cut our palms and yeah. you cut your palm. Yeah, the, we give each other a crisp high the, five. The energy crisp gets transferred. Five. Yeah, and then we, you know, we dress up like Deadpool and we go out, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this baby up. Anything else, last closing thoughts on your mind? Oh. Uh, There's one clarification someone asked for though. Um, like what? The issue of Socrates. Um, somebody was like, "That's not asceticism because that's disheveled. That's just being disheveled and not put together." That's a matter of uh, perception on their behalf. The yeah. reason why he did it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Socrates was a man who was respected in Greece. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact that they, you know, they they associated him with the sophists mm-hmm. of his time, which were people that weren't looked at in the right light. He was actually respect. I mean, the symposium alone is enough reason for us to believe that he was respected because he spoke after some very respected members of Greek society in the time, right? Uh, Athenian society, more specifically. So, to claim that the man wasn't an ascetic, uh-huh. he, dude, he, he, he refused to do anything but go around and philosophize with people. We're de- we're defining a set. What's the problem? Give me the weird. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I was being Sam, nice to you. Just look at him normally, yeah, bro. Don't just follow your head around where you're looking at him. Oh, sorry, scary, I, uh, I got the restless leg. You creep me out. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you came here. As the people in the chat are so worried. Like I feel like there's some some hostility happening between. What toward me? No, towards the uh, sheikh and uh, toward from me and you. And I'm like, no, no, no it's fine. We're oh cool. what? No, like, they they thought they thought we were there's some. Uh, Tension between no, us. No, there's, oh, we're joking, there's tension in the chat, not between us. Oh, they, they, they have they're arguing back and forth. Oh, they're arguing about something arguing else. About? Okay, I thought they were they thought there's tension between us. Because I like walk away, dude. I don't no, walk yeah. away because of them. Uh, yeah. Don't walk away because then we're having fun here. Yeah, exactly. Still, there should be respect. Okay. Respect is a... There's something about it's not Islamic. You're not saying Islamic. No, asceticism. I'm not saying Islamic asceticism. There's yeah. if people need to just cut it out, man. For God's sake, <laughs> <laughs> understand understand what I'm saying. Don't. You know, like he's talking about taking us. It's not away from the picture. The Just look at this guy. Man, how the heck is a man who passed away before Prophet Muhammad so I said, and by you know over a thousand years, gonna practice Islamic asceticism? <laughs> asceticism is one thing. Islamic asceticism is another. The very basis behind his, you know, his, his undertaking his path was not religion as we see it as Muslim. I think one of the things that, that may elucidate on this was a quote by uh, Thomas Carlyle, a great American author. He, um, Sims like, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. I, had, I have his number on Sims my phone. Sims a Carnegie. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Carnegie is a different person. Man. He's no, like Sim the billionaire. Yeah, Sim is a Carnegie. Yeah, you like that guy? I don't like Carnegie. Car- <laughs> Car- Carlyle. Carlyle, go ahead. Guy. But basically, he said that, you know, the... The join. This is the gist of what he said, right? The people who assume that religion is like philosophy are doing it a great injustice, mm. because religion, at its core, comes from a completely different set of bases. Yeah, it's divine revelation. You can't compare it to philosophy, which is based mm. on human reason, and human reason is fallible. Yeah, divine revelation is not. Mm. So you can't compare both both together, right? You're right? But to throw away one over the other is absolutely not right either. That was one of the arguments he made. Ibn Rushd himself also made the same argument. Now, I get it that, unfortunately, we've been spoon-fed the idea that philosophy is like the, the majority opinion is that it's, you know, kufr, according to some people, and according to others, it's disliked or whatever. I get that, right? But I'm not here to, you know, peddle somebody's, uh, you know, Sing at somebody's party or something what they want to hear. I'm not. I'm not that kind of guy, dude. Yeah, mm. that's not who I am. You like it, you like it. You don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. There's a thousand other people that are gonna sing your tune, so yeah. enjoy them, man. <laughs> I, and I don't mean that in no disrespect towards anybody, man. You're just yeah, you're just a straightforward dude, man. I guess you can call it that, man. If you say straight shooter, straight shooter, yeah. shooter McGavin, shooter McGavin. <laughs> <laughs> you remember shooter McGavin? No, no, I don't. But 
okay. Happy Gilmore? No. Oh, Happy Gilmore, yeah, no. that's right. So, what's the play? Driving back tonight? You're staying in Chicago? What's, what are you going to do? I don't know. I think you should stay, man. Stay overnight. I got to make a phone call. Do you ever sleep over with uh, Sheikh Hamer? He's, he's very nice. He, he's 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 cuddling. You, you uh, Sheikh Hamer will sleep on he, one side of the bed, and you sleep on the other side. Somehow you he, wake up in the morning. Sheikh Hamer will put your your socks back on socks back on for you. Some, somehow you guys just paint he's just a very, horrible picture in my mind. So we when we went to New Jersey, we all slept in the same hotel room. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Um, There's two beds and a gonna, couch. Yeah, they're just gonna make up something. We didn't share beds. We all had our own beds. I, I remember I saw that. And for some reason, they think that I'm going to be on one side of the bed, someone else on the other, and I'm going to put on your socks for you in the morning. I don't know where that comes from. It's just. I, I think. I think. Just, he's just a nice guy like that. He'll just put your socks on no, right before you get up. He's just. No, I don't. I. I honestly probably haven't do that, done that for anybody. Unless when I you just, practice that thing, I can totally thing, imagine you doing the that. The Daisy thing where you're sick, you put Vicks on the bottom no, of your no, feet, no, and you put socks on. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I figured it out. You know, sometimes the human psyche, it, it, it paints on to other people what they actually want to be done. Mm. So I think Sim just really wants you to put <laughs> socks you know, on. Honestly, I, yeah, that's, I, that's I think I would prefer. It is. It would be something that I would enjoy. Yeah, sure. If my feet are in your general direction, it would just be nice that, hey, I woke up yeah. and my socks are already on. But wait, isn't that, right? like, no? isn't that like haram in your culture, though? Like feet and pointing at people? <laughs> no, no, no. It's oh. uh, haram to go to sleep with your socks on, though, because is socks it, are dirty. Is it haram? What? At least in Desi. Desi, uh, Desi verse? Desi homes. Desi, verse? Desi moms would get Desi very upset verse. about you yeah. going Speaking to of, last night with my kids, I saw uh, the Spider-Man into the uh, Spider-Verse. Mm. That, oh, was you just, awesome, that was dude. awesome. Did you see Venom? It was, a, it was, it was very music-y, like really loud music because we had the speakers on loud, like constantly. But, dude, the the, 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 the the story was awesome. The animation was just phenomenal, dude. You like yeah. it? Oh, man. Yeah, my Abdullah was, was going great. crazy. My son loved it. Stuff. My son. So we have a window. So we had a, we have our bed, yeah. window behind it. We had... The TV screen, we had our laptop attached to it. It was through DVD. We were watching it through the laptop. My son, he's watching. He jumps on top of the window. He has one foot on top of the window like this. He thought he was Spider-Man. It was the cutest thing in the world. You should have seen Abdullah. We were in the movie theater watching oh, it. Oh, really? Oh, my God. This dude is about to jump up and down the chair, man. He's like, I thought it was crazy in the theater. Yeah, look how he jumps. Like, dude, calm down, please. Were there a lot of people in the theater when you were yeah, there? Yeah, man. That was the worst part of it. Was, was it like, really loud? Because on, I can imagine how loud it would have been in the theater. Yeah, it was loud as hell. <laughs> I was just trying to kill, calm him down because I figured like he was going to jump over and into like the crowd or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's wrap this baby up. Alhamdulillah. This is a nice round table with the shit, man. Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, please help us out on patreon.com backslash the Mad Mamluks. And that's our show for my co host, Sheikh Amr Saeed Mahin, and our guest, Sheikh. Sofian Al-Andalusi. My name is Sim. We'll see y'all later. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>